Attention! Scam! You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. And now, for the first time, we are bringing to you... Here's the only one left with a palm tree on it. Clothes are damn cheap here, too, you know that? <coughs> Everything we got only set us back ten, son. Hey, you know, Russell, Rico, I mean, I got this damn thing all figured out. When we get to Miami, what I'm gonna do is get some sort of job, you know? Because hell, I ain't no kind of hustler. I mean, there must be an easier way to make a living than that. Some sort of outdoors work. What do you think?
Okay, let's get down to it, Bopper. Ah, buddies. Buddies, it's the Ron and Fez show. On a Friday, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. If you ever need to email us, it's Ron and Fez at AOL.com. Ronnie, you mentioned mentioned it was Friday, it's Monday. Ron and Fez is also the AIM name. So it's 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Looking for that Ichiban. That's the big story. And it was a huge sports weekend. So 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I'll get this uh, out of the way right away. Fez Watley owes uh, Eastside Dave another quick honey, hundred bucks out of that uh, the world's oldest bankroll, the same money that's been sitting in Watley's pocket since he first started with his communion money. Uh, another hundred, another hundred with the Lakers winning in overtime last night, and really the Lakers uh, playing at home uh, did not look strong. Kobe did not look particularly strong. Uh, the Magi, this was their chance to pull that off. Steal home court. Uh, couldn't pull it off. Uh, Dave, some worries for you during the game last night? A few worries. I mean, they, as you said, they looked bad. But you know what? The Magic looked worse. I mean, they scored 35 points at halftime, did right. the Magi. And yeah, they were they were they were shooting bricks all night. Yeah, and you know Turkaloo finally came out of his shell, so that was good to see for the Magi. But Mr. B, once again, I have seen uh, there's a disappearance of Dwight Howard in yeah. uh, big games, and I know they got through the Cavs, but this isn't the Cavs. Well, expect him to uh, wake up when he gets home, and you know, I guess because his mom's there. I just you know, you're a professional. Enough with the fucking home court advantage. Yeah. So what? You're it's the championship. <laughs> Play like you mean it. Don't act like, well, it's really hard for me to play when I see David Spade rooting against me. Oh, yeah. he Well, his nice guy gimmick has gone too far. Right. So that people are like, well, he's so sensitive on the road. Yeah. He's a multimillionaire. Stop being sensitive on the road. All right. Here is, uh, and you stay in for this, Ichiban. Uh, here's Adam. Adam, you're on the Run of Fez show. What's your... First off, Ronnie, happy Friday. Secondly, Yankees jump into first place in the AL East. Ichiban in the day. Uh, Yankees, which, you know, the entire early part of the season was about this new Jinx Stadium and the fact that there's no pitching <laughs> and pop, 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 pop. But um, back in first place. They find themselves half a game in front of the Red Sox, mm-hmm. even though their stadium is on pace to have more home runs than Coors Field. Yeah. New York. Would you ever think that a stadium in New well, York? It's the air. It's the air, Dave. Let's uh, <laughs> it's the altitude. Uh, we're at an altitude here. 
By the way, I know you're a big uh, Yankees fan. I got a little lychee bond for you. Okay. In the building today, uh, Cal Ripken is doing an interview with Mr. Derek Jeter. The Capitan? Yeah. Uh, El right, Captain? Right around the corner uh, between noon and noon 30. So you can sneak down there and get a peek. Sneak a little oh, peek. Oh, yeah. Maybe Kai Kai Twitio it, maybe? Yeah. You know what? Get a little Twitio on there. Thank you. Uh, on our feast side. <laughs> Uh, dot com, RF East Side. Odd name. It's RF East Side, like Ron Fez. I, I put my loyalty first. Uh, I did a little uh, country weekend and checked out some uh, Jersey minor league ball. Oh, yeah? The Somerville Patriots. Uh, and I had no idea this. The coach there, Sparky Lyle. Sparky? Yeah. Now, this isn't that far from your house. You were in North Jersey. Well, you're yeah. South Jersey. Yeah, well. But he's been there for, for 11 years. <laughs> 11 years of the same double-A team. You'd think maybe the Yankees would, I don't know, have him be a bullpen coach for Something, Christ's sake. yeah. I love the bullpen coach angle. <laughs> when you've just put so much time in the minors that they just want to throw you a bone. But Sparky Lyle. He's... Make sure no one's out there smoking. <laughs> that's that's worth price of admission <laughs> itself. Yeah. yeah, it really was exciting to see him come out. And I'll tell you this. The baseball uniform does not help in the later years. Um, <laughs> it's way too uh, form-fitting. Uh, we're looking back uh, over here for Ichiban. Here's Sean in Georgia. How you doing, Sean? Hey, Ronnie. We hey, uh, Ichiban, is, I, I don't know if you all have discussed it yet, but Kimbo Slice is going to be on the next season of The Ultimate Fighter. Why would we discuss Kimbo Slice and what he's uh, done? He uh, is... Um, a disappointment, let's face it. It was all made up anyway. So I guess it's only really disappointing if you're an adult and you find out there's no Santa Claus. <laughs> he was like any other backyard guy. Yeah. Might as well have me out there. Right. It was right. I think ABC did something years ago. That's how they found Mr. T. It was like the world's toughest bouncer <laughs> awards or something. Uh, here is. Uh, I was looking around for Ichiban. Here's. Uh, David in uh, Atlanta. How you doing, David? Hey, great. Hey, buddies. I uh, uh, just wanted to let you know that the Will Ferrell hype machine fails again, and Land of the Lost comes in third place for the weekend behind Up and The Hangover. Well, it was the second week of Up and The Hangover, which had uh, no uh, stars in it, uh, but did have the... RonFez.net promotional juggernaut. Uh, the Ron, Ron and Fez show got together, and RonFez.net didn't trash it. So uh, it seemed like things were going to start going in the right direction. Um, here's where I think Will Farrell and the, the people of Land of the Lost made a gigantic mistake in their marketing. Um, they showed a trailer. <laughs> and they never, they should have just kept it as Funny Man Will Farrell and Land of the Lost, that tacky old show. And that was it. They should have just had it on white paper. Uh, but when they showed the trailer and just how hideous it looked, there's no way. There's no way anybody was going to show up. To, you would have had to have been a lunatic <laughs> to go into that movie after seeing the trailer. Uh, by the way... Uh, uh, we will be talking about uh, our movie choice, the Ron Fez Movie Club, The Happening, 
a little later on in the show today. Fez, you had never seen The Happening before. I, I had never seen it before. Directed by the genius M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> Dave, you had never seen it. Nope. You both watched it. Mm -hmm. uh, you bit the bullet. You did what the show needed to do. And maybe now you'll get a little more involved. Yeah. Instead of just letting, uh, you know, ignoring Ronnie B and letting me uh, pick and feeling like I'm doing it by myself, You're right. you'll get involved a little more. So that's coming up later on in, um, in the show. But if you did watch that uh, for the discussion, let me just say uh, I apologize right now. I thought it was, you know, a funny thing to pick. Uh, Smith in Minnesota. Minnesota. How you doing, Smith? I'm doing all right, buddy. Cool. Uh, fueled on a diet of nothing but Molly's cupcakes and malt liquor, the men's soccer team go to Soldier Field in Chicago and beat Honduras 2-1. to one. See ya! All right. Uh, of course, the men's uh, soccer team uh, coming out uh, really weak, going down a goal again. Four minutes in, I think. Five minutes in, maybe. Last game was four minutes. So you just, we give up that initial goal, and you're just like, fuck it. We suck ass. Just, there's nothing. Let's just stop doing this. Battle our way back. 2-1. Uh, and uh, here's the thing that Mr. Dwight Howard doesn't understand. Our boys, our soccer team, was playing an away game in Chicago. Honduras, no, let me just ask this. Have you ever ran into anyone in your life who was from Honduras or said that that was their background or even a tourist from there? And yet there's Soldier Field packed with their fucking flags going ape shit crazy on our, our turf. I want uh, every game from now on to be held in Ohio. That's the <laughs> only place where it seems the U.S. has a home field advantage. But uh, I give our boys all the credit in the world. The, the last goal was actually just spectacular. USA all the way. And now we got some kind of South African uh, Cup coming up. So we'll have to uh, look into that. But uh, it's a pretty exciting weekend. Pretty exciting sports weekend uh, all the way around. Here is um, uh, Ed in North Carolina. Ed, you're on the Run of Fez show. H.E. Bond. Ronnie B is Billy Elliot dances away with ten Tony Awards. God, that kid can dance. He really can, and all three of the Billy Elliots uh, can dance. And by the way, that was uh, an, an RBI. Ron Bennington interviews uh, the director. Um, I forget one of the Stevens. Stephen Elliot. Stephen Daldry. Sorry, Daldry. Stephen Daldry. Yeah, he's not. He's name it after himself, <laughs> Billy Elliot. Uh, rather, I like to see something. I like to see Joe Elliot do something on Broadway. <laughs> But this always kills me. You're calling from North Carolina. It's nutty to me that the entire country watches an award show for, with basically a local theater show. I mean, unless you happen to live in New York City or the tri-state area, uh, the chances of you seeing any of these plays is really, really small. Yet somehow they throw out this Tony Awards and the entire country is supposed to care about it. Well, it would have been nice if only two of the Billy Elliots won instead of all three. Well, all three of them uh, went in as one person. So uh, really, I just wanted to see that kid dance. That yeah. guy. That's it, guys. I'm out. All right, peace. Really, it was one-third of a uh, Tony. And by the way, the Tony Awards, a lot of people ask where to get the name. 
Tony Soprano. After the Sopranos oh. got so big, they felt like they needed an award in his name, and it's the Tonys. Uh, which Mafia Life should actually be doing. MafiaLife.com <laughs> should be doing the Tony Awards. Um, here, by the way, I gave... Uh, uh, I'm actually uh, pretty upset right now with Mafia Life, Chris, because he was looking for some ideas to be known, and I gave him the idea to get a lot of uh, excitement about his product with a flash mob mob. So it would be a flash mob of mobsters. Huh. Now, I gave him this idea about, uh, I'd say, a month ago, and he was very, very excited and, uh, you know, didn't pick it up. Same way as I did with Franklin, trying to tell him yeah. to push it as a movie, pushing the character of Moo. <laughs> and he was very, very excited and got talked out of it. I hate when I give people great ideas. They say that they're great, and then they don't act on them. Because I'm kind of a, a marketing genius. Outside the box uh, is what you are, I think. Uh, do, do we see what the number one cupcake in Chicago is today? The and Ron Bennington. The, the Ron, Ron Bennington, Bennington uh, has got his own cupcake. Which, Melissa, those things cost money. I find out you're doing the rock, paper, scissors. And I know a lot of people don't do this. With the help, I'll break your fingers. I'll walk into Molly's and I'll snap one of your fingers. I see you giving cupcakes to your little friends from school. Not going to be able to do scissors that way. Uh, here is, well, we do scissors, mm. uh, which is the knife, scissors right. combination. Knizzers up. Here, eat a free cupcake. Nizzer's a fantastic product. Just working on the last details. Well, it's already done by somebody else. So the details that you need is to go to Sears, uh, pick it up. Uh, Jeff in the land of Lincoln, Illinois. How are you, my friend? Uh, good. How you guys doing? Yeah. Uh, what's the land of the lost movie, guys? I want to tell the whole frickin' nation, this thing is a piece of crap. I have only gotten up and left on maybe four or five movies in my lifetime. Uh, we, my wife and I, no reason why we were even there. It was a piece of crap, not even worth the DVD. Uh, campy, let, let, let me just say this, Jeff. You and your wife were at Land of the Lost because you can't stand each other. Anyone who saw the trailer could not walk in to that movie. And, like, I know this. He did the first Conan, Will Farrell, and he showed the trailer, and Conan didn't laugh, <laughs> nor did the audience. And he's like, here's a little something. And everyone just sat there going, what are you doing, Will? I remember it was just a couple years ago, Will Farrell was a golden boy. He was magic. Anything he touched uh, just sprung to the top. And right now, people have lost their trust in him. I don't know what he's done to uh, lose the trust, but it's happened for him. And I even, I was all whacked out watching Talladega Nights over the weekend. And I, I liked the first time I saw it, but now, garbage. Now no. you hate it. Yeah, it's awful. Now you even hate his hits. Yeah, fuck the, There is a backlash uh, just washing over our Will Ferrell, America's uh, one-time uh, golden boy. Uh, David, David, in New Mexico, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, listen, hey, if, if Fezzy was a horse, what kind of food would he eat? Hey! Hey! <laughs> uh, here is, uh, Shane. Shane, you're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, what's up, boys? Hey, I got a uh, Ichiban for you. Yeah. 
They uh, live down here in Wilmington, North Carolina, and word got word from the inside where they film uh, eastbound and down that they're going to start shooting here before too long. Well, you don't need to have word from the inside because uh, they made the announcement two H- months ago. HBO did it. No, no, no. Yeah. no I know they're, they picked it up and saying they're going to start filming it here in the next month, right, right around the next couple of weeks. Yeah, okay. Well, when it's done, then I'll watch it on HBO. <laughs> um, it's cable, Bill. It's the inside source. Unless you're going to get me the, uh, is it Twitio? Is that the video? Yeah, Twitio. Yeah. Twitter unless, video. Unless you can get me uh, the Twitio of it, uh, there's nothing I can do. You'll just be getting twittios of the trailers. By the way, I noticed that you didn't do many tweets over the weekend. Uh, your last one that I got to see is that you were stuck in traffic on the way home. <laughs> you saw that, though. Yeah. I'm glad you're following me. Yeah, I, I, I am. I'm one of your followers, <laughs> one of your 17 followers. And um, how long did it take you to get home the other night? Because it came pretty late. Yeah, it took me three hours yeah. to get home. I uh, I. I the bus took me two hours. Okay, I get into my car. I left the car on. Mm-hmm. I left the battery on, so I have to call AAA. That took another half an hour. I'm so pissed off that I did this on Friday. That then I race home and I get pulled over by the Garden State Parkway police. Get a ticket that delayed me even further. What, it was a what did fucking take, nightmare. What did take? I was going a hundred miles an hour. What did take a question? It's it's going to be a hundred twenty five dollars. All right. Well. So really on uh, 25, 25 bucks. <laughs> and hopefully they pull out these next two games, which I think they will. The That's baby's seeing none of this money. That is a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Because you think I'm finally here. And it's a nightmare for a Friday, too. So right. it's like, oh, come on. It just fucks up your whole weekend. Exactly. And I was thinking about you. Such a, You weren't drinking over the weekend because I wasn't getting the drunken sports <laughs> text. Uh, everybody said during the Lakers game last night, hey, is Dave text you? I go... I, it's a Sunday night. He's not drinking. No, no, I, I wouldn't do it. Two babies. I was going to do it on Friday, but it got too late. So I did end up having a couple of beers on Friday, but I, I pat like I just fell asleep. I didn't pass out. I fell asleep like a pussy. And then Saturday, I don't even really like to drink that much. I had too much to do. My parents' forty second anniversary and all that. So forty second Street is that where you took him for their forty second anniversary? I took him to a pizzeria. Now I don't know how you do. I don't know how you do the commute. Last night, I said I was out in the country all weekend. Dead ribs yesterday, unbelievable. Oh. Let me just say this: I heard this phrase. These are the best ribs I ever I've eaten in my life. I could never take you to Virgil's. <laughs> so I'm on that kind of a high of a weekend. So I say to myself, I'm not some ham and egger. I'm not going to go rushing back into the city like some fucking Wildwood Joe. I'm going to wait two o'clock in the morning. I'm going to come back in the city, cruise right in. So I leave. I leave bumfuck, and I'm really. <laughs> It's it, the actual name of the place I was at was Far Bumfuck. I leave Far Bumfuck. I'm not kidding you. There is not another car on the road. Right. I'm going past Newark Airport by myself, literally saying, "This is eerie. This is strange. There's no one out here." Everywhere I go, until I hit the fucking Lincoln Tunnel, and I'm in an hour and a half traffic jam. The fuck. Hour and a half at 2.30 in the morning. On a Sunday Eve slash Monday morning? Yes. That's ridiculous. There was there, there is no way to dodge the summer traffic. It was in, it, it literally was fucking insanity. If anything, this, this entire night should have been called Dave's Insanity Sauce. <laughs> and I thought to, thought to myself, these people, we're stuck. Nobody's moving. And people are attempting to change lanes. Like, I could move up three cars. I'm, I'm just going like this. 
Just stop it. <laughs> stop acting like this is a contest now. We're all dead. Did uh, you listen to the traffic on the radio by any chance or no? Why would I do that? I got well, an iPod. Holland. Like fucking wrong. You might have been able to take the Holland and drive through the city. Well, if you want to know the truth, I found out later uh, when I, tur- I turned off my iPod, start rocking a little 1010 wins. Uh, yeah, I could have taken the bridge <laughs> and I could have taken home. But I still would have had 30 minute delays at each place. Yeah. I was the hour and a half. And let me tell you something when they say 30, they mean an hour. As someone who worked in the uh, radio traffic biz, yeah, it's a lot of lies. Um, it, it, it was a fucking nightmare. But you know, there's a price to pay if you want to have some enjoyment in life. Yeah, I don't want to be some fucking guy sitting in an apartment all weekend long. Fess, how was your weekend? I uh, didn't really go out. Uh, Ace in Strong Island, you're on the Run of Fez show. How you doing, buddy? Yeah. Uh, the reason. The Hangover did so good. Galifianakis is fun to say. And another fun name, terrible actor, but fun to say, Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf is a fun name to say. And if you think back about it, it took you a while to learn the name Shia LaBeouf. You went, Shia LaBeouf, Shinge the Bank. And you actually dodged it until when you know these names, and then you're like... I hope Zach Galifianakis works with Shia LaBeouf. You feel very strong, like you've learned a foreign language. Uh, Rich in Strong Island, you're on the Ron Fed show. Hey, Ronnie, listen, I got a friend in Chicago. Every time he comes to visit me, he brings me uh, the Ron Bennington cupcake. This time he brought me a whole Ron Bennington cake with Snickers bars around the outside. Uh, The uh, Ron Bennington cake... I think it's six hundred and eighty-five dollars. <laughs> it is like if you, it's the you know the cupcakes a little on the expensive side. Then if you buy it as a cake, it's uh, and I was uh, I was against it. I'm like let's let's not overprice this. Let's not turn it into a Rolls Royce. But apparently it's doing uh, very very well. All right, eight six six run zero fez, eight six six run zero fez. But I am starting a radio war over the cupcake uh, because what I understand. Uh, somebody else we know now has their own cupcake, and I got this uh, from her Twitter, and that's uh, our old friend Lily. She goes up to Rochester and uh, tries to start the cupcake gimmick for herself. What is she trying to pull? Uh, I guess she wants to be the the cupcake uh, queen of, of Rochester, New York, Fuzzy. So, Lily, by the ways, you want a cupcake boy? You're in it. You're in a cup. You know, it's one thing I expected this from Lily. She's an Albanian. But Weiss, come on. Come on. You're, better, you're better than this, Weiss. You're better than this. Uh, here is uh, Jay in Annapolis. Jay in Annapolis, you're on Run Fez. Hey, guys. Hey, I just wanted to see if, um, since Cal Ripken was in the building today, if Fezzy thought he might try to uh, contact him to help him out with his Prop 8 issues, being Good, the greatest number it, 8 of all time. Yeah, he was an 8. Uh, he was a guy who wore 8. That's actually a kind of an interesting thing. Who was the greatest of all yeah. numbers? I think the biggest fight would be for 11s. 11s, because <laughs> since so many quarterbacks have uh, worn that. Yeah. 12 is also... Yeah. Pretty heavy quarterback 12. number. In basketball, yeah. 33 is huge. 33. You, you have Bird, you have Patrick Ewing, you have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. 
Okay. Wow. Now, and, and, and 34 is pretty big, too. You have Barkley, Elijah One. It's like they, those players from the 80s had three numbers, 32, 33, or 34. Everyone was either one of those three numbers. Because Magic was 32. I mean, it's, Kevin McHale was 32. Who's the greatest 32 of all time? Greatest 32 is Magic. Because Wrong, my friend. I'm going to give it to the great O.J. Simpson. Oh. O.J. Simpson was number 32. And he uh, got away with murder. Let's see Magic. Well, Literally. Magic beat AIDS. So it's a really tough call. Wow. One of them uh, beat his wife. The other beat AIDS. Number eight is good because you have Mr. Ripken, yeah. but you have Steve Young, who was number eight. and Never warmed up to Steve Young. No. Never warmed Is the Mormon thing. I believe Aikman was also number eight. No, he was. Uh, was he eight? I thought I don't so. No, that's yeah. what we're talking yeah, yeah. about. Yeah, Aikman was eight. So he's that's a Hall of Famer right there. Here's uh, Craig in Kansas. Craig in Kansas, Dave, you're on the Run of Fez show. Dave, you fucking liar. You weren't going 100 miles an hour and got a $125 ticket. That's a fucking $400 ticket. No, it's not. The AAA never shows up in a half an hour. You lied the whole fucking night. Well, <laughs> let's just say this. You. No, you know what? I happen to have my AAA receipt. Sure. Uh, and do you have your ticket? I want to see how no, fast you were going. But you weren't going 100. <laughs> you weren't going 100 miles an hour. People just say, I was going 100 miles an hour, but they weren't. It just never happens. He uh, didn't go that fast rushing to the hospital to have his children. It's 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. What's the uh, AAA receipt well, for again? Well, the AAA receipt is for my car battery was left on at the commuter parking lot. Mm. You can see the date, Mr. B. It was Friday. Now, I mailed the ticket in, so I don't have that, mister. Mm. But, well, you know, that's the first part of the story. Did it have your, um, how fast you were going? Well, look at you all blown up from running 15 feet. <laughs> I was hustling. You used to be a fucking athlete. No, you're, listen. You are going 100 miles an hour to get that. But there, there's the proof. Todd, New York, you're on Run a Hey, what's up, Run a Uh, Eastside Dave, of course, you're an asshole. 23. 23 in basketball is the best. Not no 32, 33, 34. Well, you got we, um, Mike Jordan. We weren't comparing players. We we're comparing numbers. Everybody wants to be 23, buddy. Come well, on. Well, listen, LeBron's 23, he's and LeBron. he'll eclipse Jordan. No way. No fucking way will he eclipse Jordan. And Kobe's not 23. He's 24. Get your facts straight before you call the accurate Ron Fez show. Is that what we're called now? <laughs> the act- I don't want to be called the accurate Ron Fez show. Uh, here is uh, Jeff. Jeff, you're on the Run Fest show. Yo, what's up, guys? Yeah. Best number 32 out there is Jim Brown, Cleveland Browns. Uh, Jim Brown, the man who walked away from the uh, No, he was sport. the best football player. He walked now. away from the sport to be in the Dirty Dozen. I don't know if I can, uh, I don't know if I can feel strong about that. And then well, remember when he was going to come back in the 80s or something? Yeah, he always was trying. He was trying to pull a Jim Palmer. But he was actually on, like, Sports Illustrated, all dressed up in a, in a Raiders uh, uniform. <laughs> uh, let's go to our good friend, uh, Hard Rock Johnny. Johnny, you're on Run Fest Show. Hello, boys. Hey. Best number 11. I'd have to go outside of football and go to hockey with Mark Messier. All right. Let's go over what quarterback uh, had number 11. I'm, there's a website actually best by the numbers.com that I just What found. are we waiting for? Have one of the kids print that Best out for athletes me. by the numbers. Perms yeah. are working out there. We're waiting for it to get uh, fixed. What happens? This is a gigantic fucking company. We put in the request to get it fixed. Like we don't have a fucking minutes. printer anywhere in the building? You need a transcriber. Okay, well. 
anywhere in the fucking building. I'll find a printer. It's like and obviously are... everyone knows, knows we were going to start talking about sports numbers today. It was obvious. It's a Monday. Let's try to figure out who's the best number of what. Norm Van Brocklin, number 11. Well, my dad would agree with you very much. <laughs> I knew, I knew. That's, there you go. My man. old man would bring up the name Norm Van Brocklin to me over and over. Well, and here's these nine-time pro bowler. 554 yards passing in one game, 23,000 career passing yards, 11 career rushing touchdowns, 170 career passing touchdowns. He also had 22,000 punting yards. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. <laughs> and that was one punt. He only punted once. <laughs> Every long one. But apparently it also rolled downhill. Carl <laughs> Hubble was a number 11 in baseball. Doesn't he have his own telescope? <laughs> that was fantastic. <laughs> he was a always problems pitcher. with it. <laughs> yeah, Johnny, is your area the Somerville Patriots? Is that uh, your part of North Jersey? No, that's too far away from you. Too far away. What would be your minor league team? Um, the North Bears. The North Bears. You're closer there. Yeah, I'm definitely closer to the North Bears. And they're all part of that same Atlantic League. Yeah, and, I, and then down by my house down in South Jersey, it's the, I'm right down the street from uh, the Blue Claws, which is the Philadelphia Phillies um, minor league team. They were, they're a really good, cool little park to go to, too. Yeah, these parks are just amazing. We go there once a summer. The whole family goes, and it's just like you sit, you buy, like, it's like $5 for the sod squad, and you go sit out in the grass. Yeah, the, well, they call it the lawn seats here. Oh, by the way, you know who I saw there is uh, Topless Mike. For MyFez.net. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, he was thrown out of the game for being belligerent. <laughs> he had his wife and kid with him and threw a fucking Miller Lite bottle at an ump. It was a hell of a game, though. I mean, he really came down to the last uh, pick. All right, Johnny. All right, boys. Peace. See ya. Uh, here's Pete in Jersey. Pete, what do you got for me, buddy? Ronnie B. Best number 11. Phil Sims. Please. I, I wasn't even saying that, and yeah. I knew... If Phil Sims was voting. I knew Phil was number 11, but... Uh, here is uh, Tom. Tom, you're on running Fez. Hey, boys. Uh, best number eight, Yogi Berra. Who we can, Who was the other number eight? You said Steve Young. Steve Young is but what I said. Who was the one that started it? There, there was a name before Steve Young. Yeah, there was another eight. I don't remember what it was. Troy Aikman? Yeah, yeah. Aikman. Yogi's got ten World Yeah, but Series somebody... Games. You guys jumped in with that. Somebody gave yeah. us a number eight. I can't remember who. It's tough to take Yogi out of it. He's got 10 World Series yeah. rings. Yes. Yeah, 10. 10. Yeah. And was um, the catcher for the New York Yankees for 61 years, 61 straight years, oh, no, no, he no. stayed behind the plate. I don't think that's going to be beat. Uh, by the <laughs> way, when we get into the sports talk uh, over the weekend. The Belmont. We can't even pull off the jockey uh, triple crown. <laughs> we don't even get the jockey we triple crown. We didn't get a double crown this year. Well, we had a jockey double crown. A jockey double crown, But yeah. it was exciting that he was going for the triple crown as a jockey on different horses. He was in first. That would stretch, have been yeah. somewhat of a, I think it would have been more of a snapple fact. <laughs> I think it would have been one of those things that you would snapple fact uh, people with. He should have changed horses one more time. Uh, here is uh, Denny. Denny, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, buddies? How you doing, Ronnie B? Yeah. I uh, just want to let you know, uh, Houston, Houston significance about the sports, the number 34 is all the greats. You had Earl Campbell for the Oilers, Nolan Ryan for the Astros, and Akeem for the Rockets, all wore number 34. Barkley, yeah. too. Uh, I will say this right now. Give me Nolan Ryan all over this, uh, people, in the same way when we went to number 32. 
Uh, I'm sorry, football players. I know it's a great fullback number. I'm very aware of O.J. Simpson, very aware of uh, Jim Brown. Both of you take a back seat to Mr. Uh, the man that in either league, they called him Lefty. How the hell do you get away <laughs> with a nickname Lefty when there's so many left-handed pitchers in history <laughs> and only one Lefty? That Fezzi is a great uh, Steve Carlton. Uh, Eric, Eric, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, best number 11, Mark Messier. What is there, a fucking hard rock Johnny Echo? Yeah. Johnny already called us with this. Uh, Darren in Kentucky. Darren in Kentucky, you're on the Run Fest show. All right, best at number 11 is Pele. Well, it's mm. very tough to beat Pele. It's a world sport. One world, one ball. Very tough to beat Pele. I like that because it's number one twice. So you're basically saying, I'm really number one. Do you honestly think that a lot of times, though, they would tease Pele, that when he started yelling, they were like, come on, just Pele the game. <laughs> you think that came up all the time in his life? Yeah, probably. Here's I one, need that. Here's one of your receipts. I need that. I need that. The guy mailed that to AAA. <laughs> uh, um, here's uh, Chris. Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Best number one ever, Mookie Wilson, single-handedly ruined Billy Buckner's life. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's take a look over. We have the number ones yeah, of all we, time. Mm-hmm. Give me the best. Okay. Because I, I, I can't get a sheet on this. Let me just say that uh, Ozzie Smith is number one for was baseball. Um, Billy Martin was also number one for baseball. So that's pretty... What's the name of this website again for people? Uh, bestbythenumbers.com So they will actually pick... Who they uh, think is the best? It, it, yeah, it's pretty much they pick who they think is the best, and then people post under it what their opinions are. For football, they're picking Warren Moon. As the number one? As the best number one. I got a problem with that. I say that we only uh, pick uh, one, and that's it. It's one and done no matter what the sport is. Yeah, because they're... really gets on my nerves. Right, they're picking different... Uh, they're, they're picking one from each sport. Uh, who's your all-time best 99? Uh, Gretzky. Gretzky doesn't come close, right? No, I mean, um, you know, I believe Rodman might have worn 99, but, you know, I mean, when he was on the Bulls. What about age at 99? <laughs> all right, let's, uh, let's go down a little bit. Although 99 is a good football number, then I think about it. Uh, who's the all-time best uh, number 10? I would say Phil Rizzuto. From the money store? <laughs> From a Hall of Fame career. <laughs> he was inducted into Cooperstown and uh, was MVP in uh, 1950. Here's uh, Brian. Brian, you're on the run. I can't, by the way, can't stand anything about uh, Phil Rizzuto. <laughs> Why not? It doesn't belong in the bigs. And uh, you're, you're going to hate this? Terrible fucking uh, announcer. Just terrible. <laughs> and I'll walk right down yeah, and say it to fucking Jeter. I'll walk right down the hall. <laughs> And say it to Jeter Don't 20 minutes. Don't. Scooter's not exactly the best sports nickname either. Hey, well, he was small. He was small and he scooted around. I mean, you, you, you know, uh, Pee Wee played in that fucking league and was an all-star fez. Yeah. They would like to give the small guys small nicknames, and it wasn't a bad thing. Right. Pee Wee Reese, to me, one of the all-time great fucking names. Yeah, it was fantastic. And, like, Joe uh, Dom DiMaggio was the little professor, simply because he wore glasses and well, was small. Well, you know, what is he, reading? Why you need those glasses? <laughs> you fucking reading stuff? The only guy you saw wear glasses back then, too. And even if you were the professor, that's one thing. But uh, little professor. All right, all, all-time best uh, number 14. Who would you give it to? Uh, there's got to be a good quarterback. Fuck. Right now, I can only think of um, shit. I don't know. Fezzy, anybody? I can't think of a what fourteen. What about let's play two? 
We gonna oh, fucking play two fuck. or what, Fez? Ernie Banks. Who plays two? I'm guessing Ernie Banks. Based on what Dave just said. Why does Dave gotta give stuff away? <laughs> mean to. Yeah, you did mean to. Dan you? Fouts was 14. So yeah, Ernie Banks destroys <laughs> Dan Fouts. First of all, what about awesome. best beards. Get out of the fucking booth. You know what though? They're pretty comparable guys. Both incredible offensive players who couldn't quite win the championship. I never really thought of Dan Fouts as the... Other than Dan Marino, has there ever been another really big uh, 13? I mean, A-Rod's 13. Marino or A-Rod? And that's... A, they're, they're the similar player. Big time, egos, yeah. numbers, no, no rings. Oh, the only difference is uh, A-Rod's gotten fuckable pussy over the years. <laughs> yeah, that's, and doesn't sponsor isotoners. By the way, you heard me, Mrs. Marino. <laughs> I have no idea what Dan Marino's wife looks like. She looks like Dr. Octopus from the Spider-Man commercials, Ron. Or comic books. The Spider-Man commercials are very, very big right now. No, I'm only I have no idea what she looks like, and you just made that up. And I'm sure she's a lovely woman. We're just having fun. Uh, I've seen the guy get uh, angry. How about your all-time great uh, number 20? Um, Number 20 is Joe Morris. Joe Morris, Vez? Um, no, no Barry Sanders fans out there in the world? Very Barry good. Sanders means nobody? Yeah, he's a quitter. Larry Armand Fez. Greatest 34 ever. And Walter Pig. Uh, 34. We did I'm trying that. to think. Um, That's we, the one we did with Nolan Ryan. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, Nolan on. Ryan. Nolan Ryan doesn't hold, wouldn't hold Walter Payton's jock. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh, he could hold his jock and he could wash it if he needed so. <laughs> But uh, does uh, Walter Payton have the strikeout record? No. No. And if Nolan Ryan was on a good team, he would have like 400 wins. He played on some shitty teams for decades. He also had a lot of base on balls, brother. Let's not (laughs) act like that fucking guy uh, was the only fucking reason why he didn't have the wins. He had a lot of strikeouts, but he might have walked three, four guys to get to him. a couple guys on base? Yeah. So what? Uh, here is uh, Sean. Sean, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, Ron. What's up, Fuzz? Hey, Ronnie. Everybody knows the best number 14 is Pete Rose. Jesus, we over and smack Dave. No, Dave Conce- uh, says here. What? Yeah. It's saying Dave Concepcion, unless the website's wrong. Well, let's. No, Dave, Dave Concepcion sucked compared to Pete Rose. No, but I'm saying they're on the same all, they, team. They're on the same team, so they didn't wear the same fucking number. Well, but true, if you but... want Ernie Banks or Pete Rose. Only one of them's in the fucking Hall of Fame. I hate to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when Pete Rose, uh, w- w- when they kicked him out of baseball and they wouldn't let him in the Hall of Fame, he also can't get into the Best Buy numbers. <laughs> There's nothing you can do about that. Uh, Tom, Tom, you're on Run Fez. Hey, boys, calling back again. Number 10, Fran Parkington. Uh, don't fucking. Just do yourself a favor. Stop calling our fucking He's a joke artist. Show. Stop calling our show. And bring up the name Fran Tarkington being the best of anything. Best of running around like it was fucking backyard football, Fran Tarkington. Best of weirdly blonde hair. Blonde? I never thought he had blonde hair. He had that bleached look, yeah. Mm. Uh, here is uh, Chuck. Chuck, you're on the Run Face Show. Hey, it's 5971 checking in. What do you say, buddy? Uh, best number nine ever, the natural Roy Hobbs. Roy Hobbs is the best I've ever seen play the game. Well, being that that character is based on Ted Williams, I think I'll go for Teddy Ballgame rather than a fictitious dude. No. You know what? Get out of the fucking studio. What? Seriously, get out. Get out and stay out. I'm not ever going to let anybody on this show run down Roy Hobbs. Roy Hobbs 
It was the best I've ever seen. The best to play the game. This guy had a fucking pitching career until he was shot by Barbara Hershey. Then he came out. He literally... I was at a fucking game one time. He literally tore the cover off the ball. Uh, also, uh, hit the big clock and made it explode. I threw him out, Fez. You know what that means? No, what? You're going to have to turn your microphone on. Uh, here is... Um, let's go over to Pete in Jersey. Pete, you're on Fez. Best number 56, LT. I'd also put him uh, uh, the best to play on uh, on uh, Coke. The best to really uh, be able to play on Coke. Uh, let's go over to uh, Joe in Albany. Joe, we're doing best by the numbers. You're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, it's Josh. Um, uh, Ted Williams, number nine, but also Gordy Howe, number nine. Wow, Ted Williams or Gordy Howe? Who you pick on that, Fez? I'm going to take Ted Williams. Based on? Uh, what he did on ice, support, uh, <laughs> as opposed to Gordy Howe. What he did on what? Ice. You thought he was better? Frozen. That's actually a fucking really good joke. The delivery wasn't there, but the joke was fucking, I'll say borderline brilliant. Thank you. What he did on ice. Because I had to go back and, and think to myself, what does he mean, ice? And then I remembered, his fucking head's frozen. If only ice hadn't been the word I tripped over, it might yeah. have worked a little bit better. But delivery is always going to count. But if you would have fucking scribbled that down and handed it to somebody else, that joke would have fucking killed. Fez is back, ladies and gentlemen. Fez is back. Um, Sean, you're on running Fez. What's up, buddy? Yeah. Best number one ever, Evil Knievel. Uh, this is sports, not sports entertainment. Hey, still, he's the best number one ever. No one's ever going to run down Evil Knievel on this show. Get that straight. We have one guy starting on fucking Roy Hobbs. We throw him out. We throw him out into the street like an animal. I'm, uh, it's very fucking interesting to uh, see how many big hockey players here. Wayne, you're on Renefest. Yeah, num- best number four ever, Bobby Orr from Boston Bruins. See uh, wait, hold on there, Wayne. Oh, you're gone? How does anyone take Garrick out of this? There's Lou no. Garrick, the man who uh, had a disease named after him. A disease named after him. And there's a Brett Favre in there, too. You're going to compare fucking Brett Favre with Lou Garrick? I would probably do Garrick, Favre, or in my fours. I, I think we'd have to wait until... Uh, I'll, I'll say this. Favre never dominated a sport the way, the, the way that Orr did. I don't know if I would put, uh, I think I got far as the bronze. Let me go over the man I kicked out, the guy who hates Roy Hobbs. Give me the top three fours. Garrick, Favre, or because Favre was three-time MVP all in three consecutive years. And what was Orr? Fucking ham and cheese? He had the whole fucking thing on his, he had the whole league on his shoulders. He's a great player, but I didn't think that he was the player at the time. Get out. I can't go anywhere else. <laughs> I'm already in the producer's booth. Still, go to the edge of that room. You know I, what? I'll just have to go to out you. Go down and <laughs> you. Uh, go down and tackle Jeter. That's what you could do for me. I will in 15. Uh, here is uh, Matt in DC. Matt, you're on Fez. Hey, what's up, buddies? Yeah. 
Uh, greatest number 17 ever, Doug Williams. First black quarterback to be in the Super Bowl. Only black quarterback to ever win the Super Bowl. Well, the problem there, my friend, is uh, a young fucking fireball by the name of Dizzy Dean. Dizzy Dean. Dizzy Dean's far superior. 30-game winner. Doug Williams just got lucky and happened to be... Uh, well, he dominated that fucking game, though. You gotta give him, I mean, his whole career wasn't spectacular, but his Super Bowl performance was pretty fucking fantastic. And um, I don't think it come close. Dan, Daniel Manifest. Hey, best number 55, Hideki Matsui or Kenny Powers? Uh, Matsui, because Kenny Powers, let's face it, uh, started so strong, but really. The way he lost uh, velocity. And uh, and probably both of them have to follow uh, Junior Seau right now. Because, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Derek Brooks, 55. Derek Brooks is 55. Junior Seau or Derek Brooks? I'm going Derek Brooks. I think Derek Brooks has more Pro Bowl appearances. Or is it just because you're a homer? Well, that too. Let's let... Uh, Let's let uh, the the guy. I guy. think Fez has just been a homer, so I'll go with New York Yankees beloved Matsui. Well, Matsui's out. It's between Junior or Derek Brown. Then it's Junior Seau. No, you're just trying to hurt Fez. Uh, Dave, Dave, you're on Fez. Yeah, hi, guys. Uh, how about football number 80? You've got Jerry Rice, uh, Steve Largent, and I believe uh, Mark Clayton. This isn't even debatable. It's Jerry, Jerry Rice. Yeah. Jerry Rice. What else do you say to that? I don't think there's a human being that would uh, disagree with that. A human being in the history of humans. Uh, let's go to Stephen P.A. Steve, you're on Ronnie Fez. Hey, Ronnie B., let's talk about some real athletes. How about the best number 43, Richard Petty? Uh, Richard Petty, 43? I thought he was the three club. That's Earnhardt. Oh, That's Dale Earnhardt. Uh, best 43... Of all time, and actually, that should be a number that's used quite a bit, right? Forty-three. That's right. Uh, Eckersley was forty-three, uh, and that's who they placed up there. Um, here is. Um, let's go to Taylor. Taylor, you're on fest. Uh, number forty-two, Jackie Robinson. That shouldn't count because they don't let anybody else wear the number anymore. Uh, Mariano Rivera. He's still 42, and he's a, he's a lot better than Jackie Robinson ever was. Hasn't, haven't they uh, yeah. given that up for the whole thing? Yeah, though? it's been retired, but if you were wearing it before they implemented that rule, you got to keep it. So Mariano's the last guy who will ever wear 42. Uh, the, they give it to, uh, to Jackie Robinson, as well they should. It was a, you know, he had a good career. He wasn't a, a living legend like Rivera is. Well, the guy is a living legend. He fucking, he would stop traffic. Stop traffic wherever he went in the country. Yeah, but I his mean, stats. Huh? His stats aren't that great. But still, he was bigger than life. He was the reason Earl was able to get on the radio. And I mean even as a listener. Uh, here is uh, Rob, Rob, you're on Hello, boys. Yeah. I got two. I got the first one, best number 14, Bob Cousy from the Boston Celtics, and the best, uh, another good number eight, Cal Ripken. Well, 14, um, 
Uh, we already gave that to Ernie Banks. We already gave that to Let's Play 2. Ernie Banks, uh, by the way, any of the descendants of Ernie Banks can go to uh, Molly's Cupcakes in Chicago and get a free plain cupcake on Ernie Banks' um, birthday. And that's you'd have to be able to prove yourself as a descendant of Ernie Banks, and that is also no beverage. Let's get that straight. I'm not sitting there and letting everybody in Ernie Banks' uh, family suck down Joe's. By the way, speaking of uh, Joe's, go over to Sheepy's Twitter, and he has the new theme song to uh, Rock and uh, Joe. All right, I just found this out from Molly's. Uh, it is a plane, but we're going to give you sprinkles. So you're going to get some sweet taste in there as well. That's for the Ernie Banks family? That's for Ernie Banks' widow. Oh. No one else. When I say descendant, I mean widow. And maybe one kid. And none of the grandchildren. Because apparently he had uh, tons. Uh, Rock and Joe is a new place. I. What is the story there that we can't ever get? Go, to, go through HTGs. For some reason, that Twitter is blocked on that one computer. And um, we probably should get Hard Rock Johnny back on the phone for this. Uh, it's the Rock and Joe theme song. I think he put it up there on Saturday. Or you can just go to rockandjoe.net. Fizzy, you know how you like coffee, right? Oh, sure. But you're worried that there's not a, a, a lot of rock there? Right, yeah. Rock, rock and Joe is the brand new place where you can uh, rock and uh, drink uh, Joe. You can get rock and Joe uh, right there. So we're going to play the theme song for you. Is it on the main page of Rock and Joe? Uh, I believe it should be. Uh, look on there for like either their commercials or whatever. Okay. I thought it popped up right away. This was making its way around. Uh, people loving it in a big, big way. It's the Rock and Joe theme song. Uh, what more can you ask for? Uh, coffee and rock and roll. And this is the thing that's going to put the Hard Rock Cafe uh, for the first time ever on its ass. Rock and Joe. Rocking song like that, and uh, I believe there's a couple people from Iron Maiden who played on that song. I'm not exactly sure, uh, but when you hear a song like that, you think about rock, and then of course you think Rock and Joe. Check out some of the pictures when you go inside there. You can see uh, just how rock and roll this thing is. <laughs> there's some uh, Jersey soccer mom sitting around. Oh yeah, it's rocking. And, and there's uh, albums on the wall. It's Rock and Joe. I do agree with the commercial jingle where it does seem like something you have to experience for yourself. And there it is. It's in a, it looks like it's in a little strip mall. Oh, Beanie's in there. Yeah. Be data just rocking. Be Beanie's there. There's some people. They're just, there's wicker furniture like rock and roll. And there's <laughs> cookies the way we always rocked very, very hard. 
Uh, so let's play the theme song one more time. Rock and Joe. This isn't it. You got to go back to the theme song. Rock and roll. What could you ask for? Rock and Joe. Not just an ordinary cup of coffee. Something you got to experience for yourself. And rock and roll. What more can you ask for? Rock and Joe. Hard Rock Johnny, the man who really came up with the idea for the Hard Rock uh, franchise, is the Hard Rock Cafes. Johnny, you're on the ropes, my friend. I know. Jersey's own Rock and Joe. I don't know what I'm going to do. Have you seen this place yet? No. Uh, play them the theme song, because the Hard Rock Cafe really doesn't have our th- own theme song. Oh. Rock and Joe. Not just an ordinary cup. Johnny? I don't know what we're going to do here. We may have to break out the little-known recorded theme song of the Hard Rock Cafe by Miss Carol King that goes back to 19, like, mid-80s. All right, let's do this tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have a uh, – we're going to go back and forth with, with both of these. But I want you to look into Rock and Joe. I'm checking it out right now. I might want to do a franchise with you. <laughs> we can right. try. Talk to you later, Johnny. Later, boys. Go to break. Uh, coming up, uh, the smartest person in the whole world, Mr. Brian, Dr. Brian Green. Dr. Brian Green is uh, here. The World Science Festival is happening from Wednesday, June 10th to Sunday, June 14th in New York City. It's where uh, people get together and talk about science. One of the people on the panel, Harrison Ford, Dave. Whoa. Harrison Ford is here, I believe, to talk about the lightsaber. So it's uh, uh, Dr. Brian Green uh, in next. It's the Ron and Fez Show. It's the Ron and Fez Show on XM202, Sirius 197.
Dr. Uh, Brian Green is in studio with us, and the World Science Festival is starting Wednesday, and that happens until Sunday in New York City. For more tickets and info, you can go to theworldsciencefestival.com. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Green. It's nice to see you again. Thank you. Uh, you put this uh, festival together, uh, and for, for what purpose? To allow the public to get really excited about science, to realize that they can understand science, and to really feel that they're empowered to grasp their world. Kids and adults need to really recognize the power of science and realize that it's so different from what you typically learn in the classroom, which for many people is boring and they don't want to have any part of it. Science is wondrous. When you're talking about the Big Bang and cosmology and black holes, that's great stuff. We want the public to really be able to enjoy it and immerse themselves within it. And you're bringing all kinds of people, to all different kinds of scientists and also people from other parts of the the media. Yes, absolutely. I mean, we want this to be a convergence Mm -hmm. of people from the arts, from politics, from science, of course, from government, coming together to create public programming that's available to anyone and can really allow science to be on display. We like to think of it as science taking center stage in New York City for five days. Now, uh, I, I don't think there's probably... I think there's probably more that happens in, let's say, any five years than we have now, than the rest of the history put together, probably, in terms of discovery and advances that we're making. And yet, still, um, people don't seem as connected to it. Yeah, hugely so. And and it even goes beyond that. Not only are things moving very quickly, mm-hmm. but the problems that we face and the opportunities that we have. I'm thinking about things like stem cells and climate change and the possibility of manned space travel, nanotechnology, the need for alternate energies. All of these issues are scientific. Right. And if you don't have a general public that's willing to at least entertain the science behind these issues, then you really start to fray away the edges of democracy. Right. You know, democracy, you have to have people that are informed. And if the issues of the day are scientific, you need to be informed about science. Right. And stuff like stem cells come up, and even the, the robotic uh, technology is happening so quickly that sometimes, I guess, people go, wait, is this even a good idea? Just because we, we can do it. Should we do it? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, we have a program at the festival that is focused on just that. The uh, Battlestar Galactica, you know, Mm -hmm. is is the ploy that we're using. We're having a couple cast members come to 92nd Street Y together with neuroscientists and engineers who focus on robotics, focus on the possibility of making intelligent thinking machines. And this will be a program that goes into the ethics of that as well as the science of it. Is it science fiction or will it be science fact? Right. Uh, You know, and you've worked in science fiction. You've done stuff in... And with you know Hollywood films and all, and it seems like people are more likely to be able to grasp it if you do tie it in with fiction. For some people, our yeah. goal in this festival, this World Science Festival, is to create many avenues of entry into science. There are some people who will just come to a science discussion. Others will only come if there's a linkage to something like science fiction. So this Battlestar Galactica program is one example. We have a program that's focused on Wall-E. Mm-hmm. And it's really all about novel, ingenious ways of building a sustainable future on Earth. But it's tied into the film because that's a very entertaining and novel way of bringing science to the public. Another event at the World Science Festival. And for some reason, we have this in children. Children, when you're a kid, you're. I I, I don't think anyone understands nature more than children. They that's at the time of your life where you're, you're caterpillars, you're running around, you're seeing you know leaves change, you're paying attention to it. 
as a, as we get older, we start to lose connection with that. We do, and it's an amazing fact that when you talk to teenagers and adults, for many people, science is something they want to stay away from. Mm -hmm. But when you talk to a four, five, or six-year-old, they don't know that they're speaking about science. Right. But their passion is all about bugs and ants and the stars and trying to understand what happens when you smash things together. And oftentimes, parents get upset when kids smash things together. But to my mind, they're being little scientists. So you know, one of the programs we have at the festival is called a Bio Blitz. Mm -hmm. where kids get together with naturalists and go out into some of the parks in New York and start to search for worms and spiders and all things crawly and all new species of plants and so forth. And then they come back on Sunday when we have a full all-day science street fair at Washington Square Park all day long. The kids can bring what they found to the foremost expert, E.O. Wilson, who can look at what they found and perhaps some kid's going to find a new little species of worm, which would be incredibly exciting. Uh, and tell people what like is your expertise in science. My expertise is in unified theories, the search mm -hmm. for what Einstein was looking for, this theory that might describe the big, the small, and everything in between from one equation, one perspective. It's specifically an approach called string theory that I work on. And because of that, does that keep you from being able to t pay attention to a lot of the other things in science that, you know, you, you'll fall behind as well? Oh, very much so. I mean, it's very easy to fall behind even in your own field. Mm. Every day we have an Internet archive where people post the papers that they've completed, their research papers, and there's something like, you know, 20, 30 papers a day. Right. You, you can't possibly even read them all. You can't even read the ones that you want to read. So it's a challenge, but that's what it is to be at the cutting edge of a field that moves quickly. Uh, if you had to say one part of science that's probably underappreciated and underfunded, what field do you think that would be? Well, in terms of underappreciated, I think the general public doesn't really know enough about the true nature of time. Mm -hmm. I think time is one of those things that we all deal with every day of our lives. It, it, it governs our experience and, and rules what we do. But time from the point of view of science is so different from time as we experience it. We learn that when you move quickly, time slows down to you relative to somebody who's not moving. If you're in a strong gravity field near a black hole, time will slow down for you. And to me, it's such a mind-blowing idea mm -hmm. that something that's so familiar, time, is not what we think it is. And we learn that from investigations in science. I mean, there are two programs in this festival focused on time for that reason. Right. One called Time Since Einstein, which will focus on what we learned about time from physics. But then Oliver Sacks, you know, famed neurologist, is going to talk about how the brain processes time. What goes on when there's certain disorders that make your experience of time different from the experience that most people have of time? Yeah, because I guess time is just our own illusion. Like, uh, you know, bringing up what you brought up, like ball players can seem to slow time down. Right. You know, you know, people say that, and it's a very interesting thought. I'd say it's still an open issue. Is time fundamental really out there, or is time something that our minds impose on reality to organize it and to make it sensible? And uh, this will be part of the discussions at the, at the World Science Festival. There are many perspectives on it. I don't yeah. know the answer. My favorite thing about time, I think it was George Carlin had this line that uh, we have time so everything doesn't happen at once. It, was it George Carlin? Yeah, I because I, in, <laughs> in physics, it's attributed to the great scientist John Wheeler. The, uh, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> one of them stole it. One of them stole it. But isn't it interesting? 
that if we didn't have time, you, you would have no way of, of breaking anything up. That's right. Time, in some sense, is really just the recognition that things change. Mm -hmm. If things never change, if the position of the second hand on your watch never changed, time wouldn't elapse. Right. So the fact that things can change is really what we mean by the existence of time. But that's very rudimentary. When you go further in science, you realize that it's far more subtle. Sure. And, of course, when we say it's great to see you again, but... Are you really even the same person that you were the last time we saw each other? Totally. I mean, your, your cells turn over over time so yeah. that, you know, an interesting philosophical question is where does personal identity come from? It can't really be in your cells because you shed your cells. Sure. But something about you remains. And it's an interesting philosophical question, what it is that defines you. And I mean, I should say we have a program on that, what it means to be human, with Alan Alda investigating what is it about us that makes us special, makes us feel as though we are continuous through time. Yeah, because if you got to a certain point, I guess there's no real difference. You know, all these things are out there together, but it's only when we go, well, all right, this is me, that's you. I mean, talk about trying to break things down so we can understand it. Yes. I mean, we're all governed by the same laws of physics, whether we are a collection of particles making up the moon or a collection of particles making up your body. Yeah. So it's a very interesting question. What is it that distinguishes you from something like the music we just heard or from, from the moon or the earth? Yeah. What is it that when a collection of particles come together to build you makes you feel happy or sad or makes you have emotion? Where does that come from? Very interesting question. And, uh, and, and these particles that make us up, no matter what they happen to be, they've always been around, right, as far as we know? Well, particles can be created and destroyed. They can change form. But by and large, the ones that you are made of were created in stars right. that went supernova and allowed all these particles to spew out into space. And that's why Carl Sagan said that we are made of star stuff. That's right. really what we are. Uh, I, I love the fact that, you know, the stuff that we're talking about here. And like you said, within seconds, it gets to be mind-blowing, where it really does start to sound like uh, what some people would call pot talk. You know, it, like, people will only be able to, to talk this way after smoking a joint. But scientists talk this way with each other all the time. Well, the reason for that is we're not purely governed by creative flights of imagination that could be induced by some artificial substance. We're guided by the mathematics. Yeah. And when we study our theories, we try to make our theories describe existing experiments and data, and then we figure out where the math takes us beyond what we already know, and it takes us to some pretty strange places. You know, quantum theory tells us that, in some sense, an object can be two places at once, that there might be parallel universes. As we discussed, time from Einstein's perspective is not what we would have thought. This all comes from mathematics, but then we test it. So this is not flights of fancy. Parallel universes with us in it or people that look like us? Some of them, yeah. yeah. That's one of the ideas of quantum physics. You know, and I'm the, My program at the World Science Festival is called Infinite Worlds, right. and it focuses on this possibility that what we experience is just one of many perhaps infinitely many parallel worlds, parallel universes. And in, in some of those universes, we might be having a different conversation. In some of those universes, perhaps I got caught in traffic and I didn't make it to this interview. That's one of the strange ideas that comes out of modern physics. So, in, in, and when you play that, is there any way to 
leave one parallel universe and go into another. Well, first I should say this is definitely a controversial idea. Mm -hmm. This is not one of the experimentally established ones. But for those proponents of this idea, it's by and large the case that you can't leave your universe. Right. The universes can sometimes subtly merge for a moment and influence each other, but it's not like you can get on some kind of spacecraft and travel from this universe to another. Right. Or somehow you could end up in the other parallel universe and I as they sort merge, of swap places yeah. in some way yeah those sort of drastic influences between the universes almost impossible to happen so you bring together now people of uh, entertainment people of different parts of the media and scientists have you done this with any spiritual people oh, we do have a program called science faith religion mm -hmm. which brings together scientists with those from a more religious perspective to try to see if there's any meeting of the minds, to try to debate various points of contention. It's a very exciting program. Yeah, because so many times that, well, religion has been uh, afraid of science throughout history at, at certain points, and then sometimes people feel like science can be very dismissive. Of religion. It, it can be. And frankly, I'm not in favor of the scientific perspective, which just wholesale dismisses anything from the religious perspective. I mean, my view is that I don't see any evidence for much of what the religious perspectives indicate, but that doesn't mean it's not true. I think that would be dogmatic to right. come out so firmly. And my view is for my work in day-to-day -day life, it doesn't matter that much. I do my work, and whether what I'm doing is figuring out laws of physics and that's it, there's nothing else, I'm fine with that. If I'm working out the handiwork of some divine being that set it all in motion and then faded to the background, I'm fine with that too. I don't see any evidence for it, but that doesn't mean it's not true. I think what happens with the public is that they want a, a definitive answer where people like yourself, I think, are, are way more excited about the mystery and and maybe making just tiny steps ahead. That's right. I, I think an, an important thing to realize is that science does at times f focus on nuance. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always say black or white. This is definitely true and this is definitely not. Oftentimes it's here's where we are in our thinking. Here's the best explanation we can give today. I mean, Newton was a pretty smart guy back in the 1600s and came up with a lot of ideas, many of which we now realize are not really correct. They're a stepping stone to the truth. Right. And what we come up with today is probably just another stepping stone toward the truth. So it in no way takes away from Newton's work, in, in your opinion. Not you know, at all. The fact that he was out doing work that uh, was disproved still doesn't take away from the work itself. Not at all. He did spectacularly creative and insightful work for his time. Yeah. And because of that, we were able to jump off from his insights and go further. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. Uh, it seemed like the last time, well, occasionally we'll, bring, we'll have a scientist who has some amount of fame. And, and uh, of course, you're there yourself. But Einstein was kind of the Babe Ruth of that whole thing. What was it about him that captured the imagination of the public? I think it was two things. One, he had some spectacular discoveries mm -hmm. that you know were covered on the front page of the New York Times when right. he discovered how the theory of gravity works. But then he was also such a really intriguing character. He had the white hair, mm -hmm. he looked the part of the mad scientist, right. but yet he was a very feeling human being who would make you know, powerfully interesting pronouncements on, on the world. Yeah. And so I think you know, there, there's wonderful photographs of him and Charlie Chaplin 
that really became quite famous because these were sort of two iconic figures of the moment, you know, sort of the the great thinker and the great entertainer. And I think Einstein was pretty good at recognizing how to get the public excited and interested. He he was a good promoter in that sense, not by some strategic approach. It was just intuitive. Do most scientists uh, agree with you? I mean, you're trying to grab the public imagination, and you've done that through... Uh, your books and TV specials and stuff, but do some people in science go, you know, please, this is, you know... Some do. I, I've, I've been very uh, gratified that mm-hmm. almost all of my colleagues are very happy for science that we've worked on and has largely been stuck inside the walls of the academy to come out and see the light of day and for people to get excited about these ideas. So by and large, I found that. And, and the other side is... When we started this World Science Festival, I wasn't sure if scientists would want to come and be part of it. Yeah. And we went to 25 Nobel laureates to join the board. All of them said yes, because they all recognized how important it is to bring science to the public. And then in terms of bringing scientists to the events to actually speak to the public, people are knocking down our door to be part of the events. So, so it's wonderful that scientists recognize that this is something that we need to do. Give me some of the, the stuff going on that you yourself uh, would like to have time to just to watch. Uh, well, there's a program with Charlie Rose and Anna Devere Smith mm-hmm. where she's going to portray two great scientists, James Watson, Nobel Prize winner, and E.O. Wilson, the great naturalist. And then Charlie Rose will sit down with Nobel laureate Harold Varmus and Jane Lubchenco and talk about how the ideas of genomics have influenced life and will shape the future. Alan Alda is doing this great program on what it means to be human, where he's going to interview some scientists in that regard. He has another program that will appeal to inventors, Flash of Genius with mm. Dean Kamen. It's all about how do you throw away the past when it comes to technology and reinvent the future. That's going to be a wonderful program. Um, we have a program with Oliver Sacks on the nature of time, uh, Bobby McFerrin is doing a program on notes and neurons where he's speaking to a neuroscientist about what is it about what happens in our head that lets us experience music? What's going on neurologically when you feel moved by a piece of music? So it'll be music and science coming together. Uh, we've got kids programs, a mathematician who's going to do feats of mental mathematical gymnastics for audiences, which is a wonderful show. Uh, pioneers in science. High school kids are going to interview Nobel laureates and other leading scientists. The public can really see how they respond when they're interviewed, not by a professional like you guys, mm-hmm. but by a kid who just really is fascinated and interested by the ideas. And finally, we have a science street fair on June 14th at Washington Square Park all day long, free, no cotton candy, no sausages, but just all science all the time. Uh, and you... Uh I guess one of the things you want to do is grab some of these kids young, yes. just like, like you would with a sports career. If you can get in the minds of some of these kids that this is an avenue that they can follow. Yes. I mean, when kids revere science and scientists the way they do great sports heroes or great musicians, I think that will be a fantastic moment for society. And that's also what this is about. I mean, we have this opening event at Lincoln Center on Wednesday night, and it's bringing together people like, you know, Glenn Close, Yo-Yo Ma, Joshua Bell, and others to really have a wonderful performing arts salute to science. And the reason for that is those artists are people that are revered. We need to have scientists sort of move into that domain so that people see science as indispensable to a rich life as music, as art, theater, film, and that's our mission. That's our goal. So you're almost going to have them following the career. It would be great to follow the career the same way that you would with an athlete. Exactly. 
That would be spectacular. You know, I'm not saying that you should have you know baseball cards with scientists on them yeah. per se, with statistics on the back. But who knows? Maybe maybe that would be a good thing. Do you think science moves along slowly, or it's about separate breakthroughs? Is there always that one? Huge breakthrough. There are these punctuated moments where things sort of go through a, a revolution. I mean, in my field, we see 1984 and 1995 as two key moments because scientists had some great breakthroughs. And I think that's probably true in many fields. You have incremental steps for a while, and then it all comes together with a breakthrough, and then you keep on going incremental from there on. That would be really interesting to, to study how that happens. Yes. Because sometimes it seems like people working parallel. Yes. It, it is amazing how sometimes a discovery happens, and then you realize that four people discovered it you know more or less at the same time so does that mean it's like in the air in the yeah. atmosphere i don't know the answer but i've seen it happen many times yeah so have i and i i do a uh, a show of uh, with comedians called a mass and it's amazing with talk with people when they when they'll have a breakthrough in terms of comedy how little they take credit for it it almost like that great thing just shows up sometimes right and sometimes a breakthrough in science does feel that way you just feel like you're at the right place at the right time, thinking about the right question, and it all just sort of comes together, and you are lucky to be at the focus of it all. Uh, Dr. Brian Green, I'd love to keep you forever because it's always uh, great. The World Science Festival happening in New York City uh, Wednesday, June 10th to Sunday, June 14th. But uh, check out the website, even if you're not in New York, worldsciencefestival.com. Thank you so much for uh, coming in, sir. Thank you. It. Let's have a radio war against ONA. I'll put you up against any fucking son of anybody on their show. ONA have rude staff. The producers are always rude to you guys and act like they're above you. And today, like Popeye, you had all these good stands and you can't stand us no more. What's happening with Cream Pie? Cream Pie Jones is some fucking new intern. Game on! Game on. Cream Pie Jones versus Eastside Dave. I, I definitely. Game on! That's right! You want this, Creepy? You're gonna get it, baby! I'm fucking 190 pounds of twisted Irish steel! Radio Wars! As requested, it's Eastside Dave of Ron and Fest versus Cream by Jones of Foe and A. The mayonnaise hat and the trouble DNA. Radio Wars! see Dave pick up a stewy shit! Game on! Radio Wars! Are you ready to look at your dream maker? Say you're ready! Radio Wars! I know. If Pat takes a shit Radio and he eats it, Fuck. that would put him well ahead. I hate well ahead. I'm a man who fucked jelly and put a bagel in my rear. We put shit on our, our Jared's head yesterday. That took hot sauce of the asshole. Dude, he picked up a load of shit that Jimmy sprayed out of his ass that looked like Dinty Morse beef stew. And picked it up with his hand. Game on! That's right! Radio Wars! As requested, it's Eastside Dave of Ron and Fez versus Green by Jones of Foe and A of the mayonnaise hat and the trouble DNA. Radio Wars! I'm fucking shitting my pants as we speak! Fuck! 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 Do something, Green Pie! Shut. It's the Ron and Fez Show. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. 
What are we gonna do? Maybe we could build a fire, sing a couple of songs, huh? Why don't we try that? Show. Looks like we find ourselves in the middle of a full-blown radio uh, war right now. Uh, Lily from the Brother Wee Show attempting to steal my heat by having her own cupcake. Uh, where does that come from, Fez? You know, I think last week we talked about her Twitter page, Lily's Twitter page, where she had her debuting her new hairdo. And I think some, I think there's a little confidence there, a little cockiness she's walking around with. Well, uh, speaking of Twitters, by the way, if you need to uh, see a Twitio of Dave, our own East Side Dave, with Cal Ripken and uh, the captain. Yeah, the captain. Um, it should be up. The Twitio is down just for everyone. In, in the world right now. The Twitio site is down. But uh, there's the three of you together discussing baseball. What? <laughs> right. uh, how did we get to your uh, Twit site? Go to twitter.com slash RF Eastside Dave. Now, Fezzi, we talk about the Ron Bennington, the award-winning Ron Bennington cupcake. This is what um, Lily writes to me. But my cupcake is red velvet. What's better than that? A, the Ron Bennington cupcake. But B... The Molly's uh, cupcake is uh, red velvet, best in Chicago. Chicago, Rochester. Chicago, Rochester. So even on a red velvet stage, you're not going to beat us, Lily. And this is something I heard back from uh, my kaka. He goes, and this is after I took her to dinner at the boathouse. Because he did. And I guess she used that time, Fezzi, to pick his brain. Because now, in hindsight, she brought up the red velvet. What do you think? Uh, blah, blah, blah. So this is ugly. I'd hate to see the number one uh, cupcake in America be tainted by hanger-ons. And what? And she's just really grabbing at cupcakes here. To go with the red velvet? What is the red velvet about Lily? It just makes no sense. She's just grabbing onto something she thinks is popular. There's what? no research. There's nothing about this that says Lily. Well, what should she have? An Albanian nut? You know, yeah, some sort of, you know, some sort of gypsy cupcake. Talking about grabbing. Where that? Some sort of gypsy cupcake. What do you mean? Oh, by the way, Dr. Brian Green. Uh, has invited me to uh, speak at one of the panels. And I said, Dr. Green, I, you know, science isn't my thing. I used to beat guys like you up. And he goes, he goes, don't brag. Even the girls used to beat guys like me up. And then the two of us laughed. And then I said to him, seriously, I could beat your ass up now. I mean, you're supposed to be so smart. Stop a fucking jab. But actually, he invited me... Uh, to uh, one of the events, I'll be sitting on the panel with uh, Nobel Prize winners and giving my opinions. And I said, you know, I really, he goes, trust me, you're smarter than all these guys. So it's very, very interesting. I'm smarter than Nobel Prize winner. Now, by the way, he is in here promoting this. Everything is sold out. You know, we're talking about science. Everything is sold out by this, but I guess you can still go to the street fair. 
Yeah, that's going to be on Sunday at Washington Square Park in Manhattan. Well, whatever. I'm not going to fucking promote the guy anymore. Everything's sold out. I promoted him for a half hour. What am I going to do now? Start and drive people down there? I'm in a fucking middle of a cupcake war. It's more important. By the way, he got old since the last time we saw him. He was like young. And that wasn't that long ago. That was less than a year ago. Less than a year ago. He looks like shit. No, he doesn't look like shit, but he, he did look older. Like he's thinking too much. He looks as stale as one of Lily's cupcakes. All right, come on. That you know muzzy. What? She hey, wants a war? Look, huh? let's face something. We all hate Lily, and we all always did. This sure. has nothing to do with the cupcake. She doesn't know what she's got going to her. Remember when uh, when Earl did those hideous pictures of her? Yeah. I'm hanging them up in Molly's in Chicago. <laughs> Wallpaper. <laughs> and I'm just going to write... Does this skinny girl look like she could even finish a cupcake? Should hang him up in the bathroom. Thanks, Dave. Using the wipe our asses. I appreciate all you guys being there for me. It really means a lot. Coming up a little later on in the show, we'll be discussing the happening uh, as part of the really second of the Ron and Fez uh, movies. Uh, The Happening, uh, written by the great uh, M. Night Shyamalan. M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, we get emails here, Fez. And now, Ron and Fez, the show of the future, brings you... Electronic mail. Mail sent electronically. This says, uh, Dear Ron, I hate Lily, and I bet her cupcake... Tastes like Alba- Albanian shit. Oh, thank you. I agree. And this was actually written uh, last week to us. Uh, but it says, um, Dave uses the name poor man's all the time. He will do this, Fez. He will say that a certain band is a, a poor man's Guns N' Roses. Uh, come on in, Dave. So we, uh, he said, I, I, why don't we do this? Try to give Dave a name and see what he could give you the poor man version of it all. All right, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Call in to play and win. I'll give you an example. Dave, give us the poor man's Fez Watley. The poor man's Fez Watley is Andy Dick. Andy Dick is the poor man's Fez Watley. Absolutely. Give me the poor man's Tom Cruise. Poor man's Tom Cruise is Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Uh, and would you say that that makes Jared Leto a, a wannabe or just a not enough? He's not enough. He He's very good looking. He wants the career that Tom Cruise has had. Right. But he cannot get over the edge. Give me the poor man's Derek Jeter. Um, poor man's Derek Jeter is uh, Jose Reyes. Sorry, Mets fans. <laughs> but let's face facts. The captain is the captain. Can a poor man ever, a poor man version ever become the man? How could they be no. the poor man? No. No, you've hit your ceiling. That's it. You're the poor man's such and such. Like Gary Busey is the poor man's Nick Nolte. We all know that. Right. But then is there a poor man's Gary Busey? Yes, Gary Busey's son. <laughs> Jake. Ga- Jake Busey. <laughs> Busey is the poor man's Gary Busey. <laughs> now, is that Same odd? Teeth. Yeah, but is that odd for it to happen in an offspring? Um, It's rare, but it does happen. Absolutely mm. does. Uh, Steve. Steve, you're on Run Fez. Hey, buddies, how are you? Yeah. 
Hey, Dave, I want to know who's the poor man's Ron Jeremy? Uh, I always thought that Pierre North was the poor man's Ron Jeremy. Not so much because, you know, they're physically similar, but Pierre North wants to be mainstream, isn't. Ron Jeremy is known to mainstream. But do you think it's effeminate to sit and masturbate in front of women as they watch you? Or is that a hot thing? Oh, no, I don't think that's effeminate. All right, interesting. Jim, Jim, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey there, who is the uh, poor man's Angelina Jolie? Finally, that's been brought up. Oh, well, that's very simple. Megan Fox is the poor man's Angelina Jolie. Very beautiful girl. Right. There's only one Angelina. That's true. And Bradgelina. Here's uh, Heather. Heather, what do you got? Uh, Greatest band in the world. The poor man's U2 is... The point of two is is Coldplay. I was going to say Coldplay as well. Very yeah. nice call. Yeah, All right. I always thought saw them as the poor man's. Uh... And, and I agree with you. And can yeah. I also say that here's what's weird. And Chris Martin is sort of a poor man's Tom York. So, like, the band is poor man's U2. He's a poor man's Tom York. It's just a lot of shit. Not only that, Fuzzy, but oddly, he makes a little sense with that. Because <laughs> that is kind of true. Uh, here is uh, Chris. Chris, what do you got? Hey, Ron. Hey, Fez. Hey, Dave. Poor man's Neil Young. Poor man's Neil Young is Mr. Tom Rush. Um, he's a little-known guy, but he went, he had some hits in the 70s. That's very funny. <laughs> Eric, you're on the Ron Fez show. What do you say, buddy? Who that? Let's go. And we lost him. Oh. Here is uh, Gary from Gary, Indiana. You're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, yeah. Hey, uh, who's the poor man's chuck wagon? The poor man's oh, chuck wagon. I would say Wampus Crandall is the poor man's chuck wagon. Now, what? Uh, he's just not as known, not as. He's an agitator, right. just like Chuck Wagon, but not as prolific. Can't cause you know the problems that a chuck wagon does. Doesn't cause the overall meltdowns. But still an annoyance. Yes. Huge. You're right. Huge annoyance. Oh yeah. Bigger than Chuck Wagon. No, no, no. He can't pull it off like Chuck Wagon does. Interesting. Uh, let's go to... Chuck uh, Wagon's a full-on mosquito, and Wampus Crandall's a little gnat. I understand now. Rocky from Rocky, Indiana. You're on the Run and Fez show. Uh, poor man's Henry Winkler, Dave. Go. Well, that's a good one. The poor man's Fonzie. Um, uh, this is going to surprise you, but I think it was in the same show. Oh, no, excuse me, excuse me. The poor man's Fonzie? Is that what you no, said? No, Poor Man's Henry Winkler. Oh, Poor Man's Henry Winkler is um, Bronson Pinchot. Oh, okay. Because they both were this larger-than-life sitcom character, but Balky was a bit of a dork. No, and... if we were going to go Poor Man's Fonzie, that would have to be Spike, his nephew. <laughs> <laughs> it can exist on the same show, so you're right. Hey, hey, I'm Spike. Or, yeah. And then somehow Spike got replaced by Chachi. Right. Um, let's go over here to... Uh, John, John, you're on the Run Fez show. And a day maybe Fez can help you out with this. Who is the poor man's Ric Flair? I'll let Fez run with that. Uh, the poor man's Ric Flair was Playboy Buddy Rose. Uh, I think if you were to go, no, I'm going to go Chris Jericho is the poor man's Ric Flair. It could have been Triple H, but I think Chris Jericho was the guy who had the real mic skills and the in-ring skills. And he's blonde. Yeah, similar type of similar deal. Yeah, I agree with that. Shane from Shane, Illinois. You're on the Ron and Fez show. Oop, let me try again. What's happening? Hey, what's going on? Uh, poor man's Michael Jordan. 
Poor man's Michael Jordan. Dominique Wilkins was always the poor man's Michael Jordan. Brilliant, a great ball player. But definitely didn't, you know, he, he would come in second in the dunk contest. He wouldn't get the scoring titles, couldn't get the rings. I'm going to go off from you there. I'm going to say the poor man's Michael Jordan was Penny Hardaway. And it <laughs> well, seemed like he was on the way to be Michael Jordan. I mean, let's face it. Jordan's had a lot of poor man's. Yeah, Grant that's Hill was supposed to be the next Jordan for a while. Yeah. Uh, Jay, Jay, you're on the Run and Fez show. Dave, who would be the poor man's Jeff Bridges? Oh, that's a very nice one. The every man's poor man. Jeff Bridges. I think the poor man's Jeff Bridges, this is going to surprise you. It's Mr. Brendan Frazier <laughs> is the poor man's Jeff Bridges. He also wants to be a little bit of, uh, listen, I, I'm kind of sensitive, but I can get the job done, too. I'm going to go off uh, from the beaten path here. Okay. Go outside the box. Uh, I'm going to say the poor man's Jeff Bridges is Todd Bridges. <laughs> and the reason is there, he is dependable. Um, let's go to uh, Tom. Tom, uh, Tom from Tom, New York. You're on the run, Fez show. Uh, Hicks, on, take me down this music. Take me off this music before you kill me. Uh, what about the poor man's Ted Nugent? Ted Nugent, what do you got there? Poor man's Ted Nugent is um, that will be the lead singer of Monster Magnet um, because of the wildness, the craziness. We want to bring back the rock over the top, but mm -hmm. let's face it, could not pull off what Mr. Nugent. Did. I will say this guy, that guy from Monster Magnet. I don't know his name. He is a space lord, mother, mother, and you're not going to be able to get uh, around that. And, yeah, both had the goatees at one point. Here's South Shore Rob from South Shore Rob, New Jersey. You're on the Run of Face show. Actually, South Shore Rob in the Hamptons, but Dave... Then I'm going to uh, let you go for correcting me. Here is Cigar Sid from Cigar Sid, Virginia. Uh, hey, buddy. Hey. Hey, Dave, one of my favorite comedians, Louis Black. Who's the poor man's Louis Black? Louis Black. Who would be... The poor man's Lewis Black. The poor man's Lewis Black. Well, that would take a guy who rants. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go out on the table here and maybe say Stephen Colbert. Wow. And I know that might be shocking. Yes, and particularly when Stephen Colbert's has a such bigger career. <laughs> but you know, Lewis is, was around for a lot longer. I think he made his mark. But before, I mean, listen, to be a Mr. A poor man's isn't always a bad thing. No, whoever said it was. Yeah. Uh, Mike from Mike, Arizona. You're on the Run Fest show. Hey, Dave. Uh, what about the uh, poor man's Axl Rose? Uh, the poor man's Axl Rose. That will be Scott Wayland, who basically did the Axl Rose impression for Velvet Revolver. Mm. Has always had a bit of it. Even does Axl's moves. Puts on the uh, the police hat. So this is interesting because I always saw Axl Rose as a poor man's Mick Jagger. So you can actually be a poor man. And then have your own poor man. <laughs> yes. That's unbelievable. But I would say Axel is a poor man's man. Uh, here's Bill from Bill, New Jersey. You're on the run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Hey, uh, Davey Mack, who is the poor man's Jay Moore? The poor man's Jay Moore. The poor man, this is very interesting because the poor man's Jay Moore is none other than Scott Wolf, who they actually shared a scene with. But, yeah. he, but well, here's even what. more than a scene, they shared semen with. <laughs> right. In the movie Go. Go! 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 That's right. And the reason why is because he wants the likability factor that Mr. J. Moore has, yeah. but he can't have it. He can't have can't it. Can't pull it off. Did, didn't you and your wife have the experience of seeing Jay Moore's asshole? Yes, we did. And you don't find that somewhat effeminate. <laughs> I'm mad. We, you know, we, the last time I talked to Jay was the first time I talked to him since that eye rape took place between you and your pregnant <laughs> wife. 
And no one brought it up to him. No. Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess he wasn't going to bring it up. Why would he? And we, we've tried to squash that memory in our disturbed heads. Like any abuse victim. <laughs> uh, Hillary from Hillary, Virginia. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hi, I wanted to know who the poor man's John Travolta is. John Travolta. That will be Mr. Ashton Kutcher. Wow. Look no further than Mr. Good-looking, I'm going to take photographs, play dumb. But let's go over this. Ashton Kutcher uh, went from having a hit uh, kind of a situation comedy for kids into movies. And same as John Tavolta, went for the older woman, Fez. The older woman. So uh, even though we could say that um, Dave is mad as a hatter, there's a lot to be said here. Keith from Keith, North Carolina. You're on the Ron Fez Show. Hey, boys. Uh, Ray Liotta, is he somebody else's poor man, or is there a poor man's Ray Liotta? Well, if you want to go crazy, you know, you could say that Ray Liotta is the poor man's De Niro. Now, here's the thing. I've always taken that as Ray Liotta's own entity, but Mr. Anthony LaPaglia is the poor man's Ray Liotta. That's just something that you're not going to get anywhere else except for the Ron Fez radio show. It's really obscure. Josh from Josh, Wisconsin. You're on the Ron Fez show. Hey, buddies. What about the poor man's Oliver Stone? The poor man's Oliver Stone. Good one. Needs to make historic films. I'm going to say just based on Pearl Harbor, Michael Bay is the poor man's Oliver Stone trying to recreate this thing of history. See, I'm going to go in a different direction here. Um, and it's the independent guy okay, uh, who makes crazy films that piss people off. And then those two guys hated each other, and that's Quentin Tarantino. Wow. I think is the broad, mm. uh, slashing Oliver Stone, poor man. Yeah, it's true. Uh, he doesn't handle the subject. I think Oliver Stone tries to be on the high horse of, you know, well, my material is a lot more important than Tarantino's. He did the hand. He did the hand. <laughs> Uh, Brad from Brad, Tennessee. You're on the Run of Fez show. Uh, poor man's Bob Dylan. The poor man's Bob Dylan, and there's been many. So many. It's real. I mean, look, I you know, Donovan was a poor man's Bob Dylan in the 60s. Right. Okay. 70s, I hate to say it, but some people thought that early Bruce was a poor man's sure. Dylan. He was accused. All right. I mean, you know... W- People even said that Neil Young was a poor man's Dylan, specifically that Heart of Gold was a Dylan ripoff, uh-huh. and there's a rumor that Dylan then wrote Forever Young as a knock on Neil Young, basically saying, hey, you're, you know, you're the guy who's, who's ripped off my bit. Oh, that doesn't even make sense, but uh, who, would I be, heard this. who would be today's? Today's poor man's Bob Dylan, I would think, see... I'm going to give you it. I'm going to just give it to I, you. Okay. I'm going to rock Bright Eyes out there. I'm going to put the Bright Eyes gimmick and say it's 100% Dylan. Okay. Yeah, he is. There, there's, there is a similarity. I mean, there's got to be a folkiness. Yeah. And I think Bright Eyes has that. What about for you? Um, Jason Mraz. I hope folks are uh, know who Mr. Mraz is, but he he writes these acoustic little ditties and, and wants to be important. I always thought that was Mr. Arizona. Jared from Jared, Kansas. What's your question? Hey, guys. Who is the poor man's Hulk Hogan? I'm going to bring Fezzi into that one, Fezzi. Um, I would say early in his career, the the poor man's Hulk Hogan was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Really? Yeah, when he tried the Hollywood Blondes gimmick, and even before that, when he was beautiful Stone Cold Steve Austin, it was almost like he was even the poor man's Thunderlips. Hmm. Oh, that's surprising to me. 
I don't think See, I really knew him in those days. I would have went a little closer to the Hulkster's career and said the ultimate warrior always smacked of a poor man's Hulk Hogan to me. When he came out, I wasn't Absolutely. into Absolutely, yeah, that's a really good call there, too. Mm -hmm. Ultimate warrior. I wasn't into Ultimate Warrior for that reason alone. I'm like, this is a poor man's Hulkster. I'm going to go in a different direction. So I'm going to say executioner number two. <laughs> and I know... That's obscure, I <laughs> yeah, think. I know. Hey, that's me. I'm not going to fucking give it, you know. Right. I'm not going to bring it. Uh, Spencer, you're on Run of Feds. Hey, Dave. Yes, Spencer. Who is, who is the poor man's Kurt Cobain? Oh, Eddie Vedder. Uh, hey. Here is uh, Bill from Bill, New Jersey. Hey, guys. Hey, Dave. Who is the poor man's Tom Hanks? All right, before we get into this, early career, uh, Tom Hanks was the poor man's <laughs> Bill Murray. <laughs> yeah. Um, the poor man's Tom Hanks right now mm -hmm. is, uh, that's close. Oh, you know, I actually, this is going to be weird. I think Colin Farrell has a little bit more of a Tom Hanks-ishness to him. I think you now you're getting drunker and drunker. Fuzzy, <laughs> who is the poor man's Tom Hanks? Michael Keaton is the poor man's Tom Hanks. Well, he actually came before. His career, I think, was a little before, if not the exact same yeah. time. But I know he showed up doing his stand-up in Hollywood before. I'm going to go way off here and shock people and say... Colin Hanks. Colin oh. Hanks' his son. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, let's go over here to uh, Corey. Corey, if that is your real name. Hey, what's up, Ronnie? What's up, Fezzy? What do you got? Uh, who's the poor man's George Carlin? The poor man's George Carlin. Let's face it. In terms of comedy, George Carlin, uh, a lot of offspring. Yeah, I mean, I think some people would not see. I love this guy, but some people have said that Bill Hicks might be the poor man's George Carlin. And it's not a, it's not an insult, like you said. Yeah. Um, there's no way that you can't see a connection there. Polish Matt from Polish Matt, Connecticut. Yes, the poor man's Mr. G. I'm going to handle this one, and okay. this is weird, but I'd say it was Mr. S. Uh, <laughs> he came behind Mr. T and not, you know, it was just different. Uh, Jason in Jason, New Jersey. Carney B, how you doing? Sound like a million bucks today. Thank you, my friend. I'm in the middle of a radio war against uh, an Albanian who's out to ruin me. I would like to ask Davey Mac, who is the poor man Gene Simmons? G poor man Gene Simmons. Oh, geez. I actually think that those kids from Good Charlotte uh, have a little Gene Simmons in them. Really? With the makeup. And, you know, I've seen some of the pyrotechnics when they do MTV. For me, the poor man's Gene Simmons, Sue Simmons. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Oh. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. <laughs> Stan from Stan, Georgia. Hey, what's going on, boys? Look at hey, uh, speak up, yeah! yeah. yeah. <laughs> How about the poor man's Tom Waits? Oh, so the panel. The, tour, the poor man's Tom Waits. It's such a unique person. I will actually throw this out. Could be Beck. He 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 he's experimental like Tom Waits, but you don't know music. Let me go over to the big man. I have, I have my reasons. Uh, 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 let's go over to the big man. Who's the poor man's Tom Waits? Sleeves. Nice call. This is why you're the best. Wait a second. Emails. <laughs> we get emails, Fez. And now, Ron and Fez, the show of the future, brings you electronic mail. Mail sent electronically. That's right. It's electronic mail. Mail sent electronically. Uh, and this is an email I found um, very, very interesting. It says, um, 
everybody on your show takes shit. But as a longtime listener of your show, I have noticed that Chris Stanley has never had a cowbell, pens, pencils, or razor throw, thrown at him. When Joe Besser joined the Three Stooges, he added in his contract he could not be hit or slapped. Does Chris Stanley have something similar in his contract, never to be hit? Now, I know that Chris always seemed to have the right thing to say, makes great opening, but surely he seemed to have fucked up in some time, worthy to be the, the target of Ron Bennington's pinpoint accuracy. Uh, and this has been brought up to me time and time again. The point is this, Fez. Ow! Nobody has ever said to me, Chris Stanley's made a mistake. The kid is just on point at all time. The leader of leaders back there. The best producer I've ever had for any of my shows. Any of my shows. That includes Vastetti, Fez Watley, a very young Fez Watley. If I was to compare him to anyone in my life, it would be J-Dubs. J-Dubs. I put him on that same level. So, uh, today's Beanie Cup. Today's Beanie Cup goes to... Chris Stanley. Congratulations. Well, that was early. So, Chris Stanley, the only person in my daily life now who does not let me down. Thank you, Ron. He right, seems well, to be headed for a fall. It seems like he's riding too high. No, I don't say it. Very humble, Fez. Very humble. He really is humble. And he'll lie and tell me that Dave does a good job. Those aren't lies. You're a filthy liar for Dave. And that is to be uh, really commended. You know, he's not perfect. Uh, this says... Uh, Ron, remember when he farted? Huh? Remember when he farted? Yeah, I remember. It smelled like cinnamon sticks. <laughs> Say that at the time. Seriously, it you... was awful. It almost cleared a room. Yeah, I remember the <laughs> revisionist history. You kicked him out and said, "No farting in Ron Bennington I... room." I said this. Well, he farted one day, and I said like this: "Hey, did somebody bring a Cinnabons? I mean, it was such a fabulous smell. This kid is adorable. Chris Stanley, all-time best producer of the Ron and Fez show. Um, we emails. We get emails." And now, Ron and Fez, the show of the future, brings you... Electronic mail. Mail sent electronically. Ron, love your show and listen in about two year now. I'll run in about two year. My friend and I were recently uh, talking about flags. Got into discussion what flags we admire. We both rate the Canadian high flag very high compared to the U.S. flag. Uh, flag. Uh, wondering what you thought was a good flag. Well, first of all, why the Canada flag is one of my favorites, I still would put the stars and bars over it. Uh, all-time great flags, our flag, uh, Canada's uh, give me the Union Jack in England. Fezzi, I know you hate it. Confederate flag, great-looking flag. But right now, my favorite flag, Brazil. Brazil looks like it's a flag from another galaxy. 
It really is a great looking flag. Great colors and great gimmick all the way around. See, I worry about a flag that looks too busy. The Brazilian flag has an awful lot going on with it. Let's bring it up right now. Oh, by the way, Fez, we did have a correction for you. It says that uh, Steve Austin was never beautiful Steve Austin. He was stunning Steve Austin. That's right. Why doesn't, why every time does Fez open his mouth, does just shit come out? And I'm... that's from Larry Vollmer. That's why I didn't know what you were talking about with the beautiful Steve Austin. I thought that I'd missed something there. See, I don't think that qualifies as shit. I think beautiful and stunning, close enough. Not really. I mean, you have to be able, if we're going to uh, have a show, uh, we got to give the people some correct information here. Um, by the way, Robbie writes in and said, Eastside Dave, uh, get one of Lily's cupcakes and uh, shove it up your ass. That will teach her. I might have to, you know, and then, you know, her head will be up my ass like I always wanted. Perfect. I love the gimmick. Uh, here is Scott. Scott, you're on the Run Fed Show. Hey, Ronnie B. Hey, pull up the Louisiana Independent flag. You'll find that it's a gorgeous flag. Uh, give me the Louisiana Independent flag. I'm going to be embarrassed to say this. Uh, I'm not even familiar with this flag. It only flew for about 40-something days while Louisiana was uh, between the time it left the Union and when it joined the Confederacy. I think it's right, so it, it left the Union before it joined the Confederacy? Yes, it was an independent nation for 40-something days. Well, see, this is the kind of stuff that I like to see taught to our school. Not all that crazy science shit that I'm getting out of uh, Maniac that rolled in here today. All right, it's kind of uh, it's, it's kind of got like an eagle or something on it. It's got a red canton with a yellow star in the red canton. All right, this isn't the one, Dave. That looks like a swan. It's called the Louisiana Independent Flag. Do you have that, Dave? Okay, yeah, let's see. And it's got 13 stripes representing the original 13 colonies. Uh, and, Louisiana. Uh, 13 stripes. You have the Louisiana ah, Independent okay. flag. There it is, yeah. That's what he's talking about, the 13 stripes with the yellow star. It's kind of nutty looking. It's, it's really pretty when it's flying. It, I give him all the credit in the world. Here is Nikki from Nikki, New Jersey. You're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, I gotta go with the uh, the Maryland state flag. That one just knocks your socks off. All right, let me that. take a good look. I uh, I honestly tell you, I don't know a lot of state flags. I don't pay any yep. attention to them. I don't like any flag that has to fly under another one. All right, this one looks like um, you just won a race. <laughs> that is a crazy fucking flag. Oh, that's a mess. That's two uh, red and white pattern and then a black and yellow pattern across from each other. But you'll never miss it. You always know. It you won't get confused with it. Like you are with France, Ireland, and Italy. Um, that looks like it would hypnotize you if you're driving through Maryland. Uh, Bud the Trucker from Bud the Trucker, uh, Nebraska. Hey, Ron, how are you? Good. I like the Amsterdam flag. It has the triple X for the red light district, and it's kind of pirate-like. Right, you brought up a very good uh, point. Pirate flag's got to be up there. Uh, towards the top, and then my all-time favorite flag, and one that I'm very disappointed that we have not adopted as our American flag, is the Don't Tread on Me flag. The Don't Tread on Me flag is just amazing. And I like the one that has the snake 
uh, cut into 13 separate pieces. So showing when the 13 colonies came together, uh, we were a wicked-ass snake. <laughs> and I would love to be known as a country that can't be tread on. I don't know why we ever wanted to get away from that. Uh, here is uh, Paul. Paul, you're on the Ron Fez Show. Hey, Ronnie B. Hey, uh, the Haitian flag from uh, somewhere in the 70s, I think it was, when they were under dictatorship. Papa uh, Doc flag? Uh, it was black and red with a really cool uh, design in the center. But 1970s Haitian flag. Yeah. Um, it was actually a flag that had a pet rock on it and platform <laughs> shoes. Thanks, <laughs> hey, Ronnie. Uh, what about the Bennington flag? Have you ever pulled that up, Dave? No. Pull up the Bennington okay. flag. You'll get a big... And once I say this uh, flag to you, you'll know that you've seen it many, many times. Uh, and what I want to get is this is the logo. There it is. It's got the 76 in the middle, surrounded by the stars. Wow. It was a battle flag uh, up there. And it's just pretty badass. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. I like the 76, too. Yeah. It looks like you know any of us could kind of done it ourselves. Right. It's like, it's like homemade. Know, well, it's got a seven and a six, so what? <laughs> Let's not make a big uh, deal out of it. Here's uh, Tom from Tom's Ocean City, New Jersey. You're on Run Fez. Hey, buddies. Uh, how about Swaziland? Very unique flag, and I kind of like saying Swaziland. Well, Swaziland is a fun one. Uh, Sounds like where you go to get clean, like you would take your car, wa your car to get washed at Swaziland. Whoa. Whoa, that's weird. Well, right now is a flag. I'm just flying a pinstripe robe over my, over my house. I just figure, <laughs> you want to fuck around, that's my flag. <laughs> well, it's good. It's like you're a Yankee fan almost. No, it's a robe, though. It's just like saying I don't really care much, you know. It's a very comfortable flag. Uh, Abe from Abe, Wisconsin. You're on the Run of Fed show. Hey, check out the uh, Nepalese flag. It's not even rectangular. You just got a couple uh, axe dagger looking things hanging off a flagpole. Oh, like a couple of pennants put together. Yeah. All right, let's take a look there. Yeah, that's not even trying. That's silliness. Yeah. Uh, Blake from Blake, Wyoming. You're on Ron Fez. Hey, buddy. Flag with the hammer and the sickle on it. Which oh, from yeah, the, the Soviet Union. The hammer and the sickle, I always thought, was a good look. Strong. Very strong. My problem is you left too much flag alone there. I like the hammer and sickle, but it looks like you had a place for a race car, a thimble, and maybe a small Scottish terrier. Uh, <laughs> here is um, here's Todd from Todd, Ohio. You're on the Run of Fez show. What's up, buddies? No. Yeah, the uh, Japanese rising sun. The Japanese yeah, Rising Sun. That's a great one. Yeah, what more can you do than that? Uh, a flag's so good, we made them get rid of it. Now, you got the one basic, but then the one where stuff is shooting off from it is really badass as well. That's the good one, I yeah. think. And I think that, that was the World War II one, wasn't it? The one with the uh, shooting No, uh, the Rising Sun, I think, was just the... The red dot, right? Yeah, oh. yeah. I'm pretty sure it was just the red dot. The one with the the red beams coming off of it mm -hmm. makes me really hungry for peppermint. Well, go get one. Uh, Cal Ripken is handing out free peppermint sticks. Uh, by the way, my videos you, are up. I think if you'd like to see uh, for the first time ever, Eastside Dave, uh, Cal Ripken, 
and uh, of course the captain Derek Jeter. Yeah, While that was happening, and this is how weird my I mean it's a very strange thing that we get a lot of people walking through here. But today was like extra big where people were curious and coming around from other shows to watch that. But why that was going on, uh, me and Baba Booey were raiding the dessert plate. <laughs> I saw it out there. Yeah. That's what you were doing? Yeah. No interest? Well, here's the deal. Uh, I was standing back there. I saw him go in for a little pastry, and I thought, I'm just going to go right next to him. <laughs> and if anybody from security says, I'll go like, well, Baba Booey and I were just getting a little something to snack on. What's the big deal? <laughs> A lot of stuff out there for uh, two um, guys. By the way, I know that you're a Twitterer. Uh, see if you can guess this Twitter. Recovering from shooting a ton of bands this weekend. Okay, I have I have a guess. Go ahead. Mike Kaka. Mike Kaka is wrong. Damn. Um, I'm going to guess Anthony. Yes, because Anthony likes to go to rock shows <laughs> and shoot them with his camera. <laughs> He meant you. He meant literally. Anthony's out yeah. there with I the thought it gauge. might have something to do with actual shooting. You had some dream the other night, didn't you? Yeah, I did. You refused oh. to come back, don't you? Yeah. Uh, he only gave me eight dollars too, by the way. But I'm not gonna make a big oh. stink of it. Fez, come on, Fez, stop being like that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Nice fucking move. Hmm. When did you learn to count, Carney? Uh, I'll just tell you this. Go to his Twitter page. That's. E. Douglas 25. Uh, and that is our own Earl Douglas 25. Uh, Fez, I know that you can't seem to make anything happen for Mooch, right? I am, I am hitting some impasses. Well, it's going on for five months now. I've got some exciting news. E. Douglas 25 has offered to come back to the Ron and Fez show. Wow. Really? Yeah. So get that is today the big meeting day? Yeah, today is a meeting day. Let them know the good word. Uh if we can't get moving, E Douglas twenty five uh is ready to get in. It says his page doesn't exist. E Douglas. Yeah. Did he uh it's just E, he didn't it's not Earl? E Douglas five two eight. Uh Okay. I don't know why I said 25. That's a lot of E. Douglases. <laughs> Shooting oh. a ton of bands. Oh, what's his other one say? Wondering, wondering if it'll be raining all day. I have tickets for TV on the radio at Central Park Summer Stage. <laughs> Anyone else going? He only has 22 fucking people <laughs> following him, and he's asking if anyone else is going. <laughs> Oh, there he is writing to Opie. Opie, congrats on, on the Fallon. Let me know if you still want to go to the Roots Jam. I have an in with their camp now. And it doesn't look like Opie answered him. No, he By didn't. By the way, speaking of Twittering, going over to Opie's Twitter page, there's two exciting things that he has there. Number one, he has the picture of the David Carradine murder. He has David Carradine... Uh, hanging there in the uh, corner. And even more important, he has a picture of the uh, new French doors at F.H. Riley's. So some <laughs> exclusive pictures right now. And what was the Brett uh, Michaels exclusive? 
Uh, Brett Michaels broke his nose at the Tony Awards last night. What was Brett Michaels doing there? He was uh, for Rock of Ages performing for that musical that I guess was nominated. But he's not in that musical. No, uh, for some reason he was performing though, and was leaving the stage. There's a video. Look at those French doors. Yeah, really, really, really nice. Beautiful. There was video of it, and you know what? Uh, on my Yelp. I'm going to ask extra star right now to F.H. Riley's. Okay. My Yelp for F.H. Riley's is now up to six stars. Out of how many? Five. That's even possible? Well, I, well, I mean, I had it five out of five, uh, but then they added French doors. So what can I do? It's beautiful. You, can you even, though, enter with those French doors? I don't know how you get I mean, in. I think Just look, go into the back. It's more, easier. More, yeah. Go into the back. It's, that's where the parking nice. lot is anyway. Why can't you uh, enter through a French door? They look like they're for show. I don't see a door handle anywhere. Do I think you? you just have to be gentle with them. No, Plus, I think they're just for show, and then, and then here's the regular door on the way left. Yeah, but it doesn't look nice. you got French doors there. They're not doors, though. They should call them French windows. But then you, in the summer, you can keep them wide open. You know, and we'll, uh, by the way, at F.H. Riley's, uh, we're doing the occasional uh, karaoke night. Oh. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I think this year I'm going to be doing Rock of Ages <laughs> since the Brett Michaels thing popped so hard. I love a nice karaoke party, oh, you know? Oh, me too. You know, I, I get my Sam Cooke going on. Yeah. Um, you are a very good singer, too. Yeah, well, I have this. I've discussed this before. I, I can sing exactly like Sam Cooke, you know, yeah. like. Um, oh, she was sixteen. She was sixteen, and I loved her so. Stop talking, <laughs> Joe from Joe, New Jersey. You're on the Run of Fest show. Ronnie B, a buck three eighty. Hey, my man. Hey, listen, man. Uncle Adolf's flag, the best ever. The Nazi flag. It is one that has kids writing in their notebooks. What the hell was that picture? Oh, um, that was the Lily Cupcake. That's what her cupcake looks like? Yeah, it's actual pictures of her. That's disgusting. It's mild in her head. It's not, it's, you know. Well, that's what you want, a hairy cupcake. All right, why don't you, um. Sort of. Why don't you go into her. Sort of like looks you, like. All right, let's see what the, the response is to her cupcakes on her Twitter page. Okay. Kind of looks like uh, David what, Cassidy. What are the people it, saying? It says, um, you may not go there, but it's all in our minds. Looks sweet as hell. Save me a piece. That was from Franklin. Oh, fuck you, Franklin. Sweet as hell. Save me a piece. He means piece of ass. That the cupcake looks disgusting. Why don't you write on there? Oh, Lily, did you take four shits in a box? <laughs> yeah, right, Dad. All right. And, and try then, to make it look like uh, John the Baptist or something. And then also write, um, and Franklin, you fucking traitor. Oh, no, go to Franklin's. Franklin, you fucking traitor. We're going to cancel Mario Van Peoples. <laughs> hey. Radio War, Franklin jumps to the other side. And we were just promoting his, uh, his goddamn opening the other day. Was Lily going to push that? No, she's not going to push that. So you know her thing, right? All right, Lady Trucker wrote, looks prettier than the real Lily. Thank you, Lady Trucker. Backhanded compliment. 
And then some guy wrote if it was Gene Simmons. All right, I like him. <laughs> I like that. Did she write take that Ron Bennington? Oh, Jesus Christ. She's going all out here. All right, what did you write? I just said, looks like shit. And no, I, put... I look like four shits in a box. Looks like someone okay. took four shits in a box. So I want to correct myself. <laughs> Correction. Is there a twedit <laughs> where no. you can edit that? We got the twedit. All right, now it says, correction. Looks like four shits in a box, bitch. Good one. I didn't write the bitch, so maybe I should do a double correction and add bitch in there. Don't just write bitch. <laughs> double correction. All right. See, there's no edit features on this uh, damn thing, on the, on, on the old Twitter. And then also write, remember when uh, Jiven broke your heart? Because <laughs> that'll take her down a peg. These are good. I'm proud of you, Dave. And what I like to do is put an exclamation point followed by a question mark, followed by an exclamation point, followed by a question mark. Why? So it's like, remember when Jimin broke your heart? It's like you're yelling, but also right. asking the question. Good stuff. So that's a radio. That's what radio wars do. That probably could have just used the exclamation points. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking go after Frank. You know, Fezzi, let's not pick at each other. That's what she wants. Go to Franklin and just write, well, we're canceling the Marion Van Peoples. Unbelievable that this guy would do that. Not a lot happening in his Twitter page, huh? No. And then I also write to Franklin, hey, how come you weren't at just Joey's party? I know that made him cry before when he didn't get that invite. Right. He blamed Dave. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have a lot to say, I guess. No, of course he doesn't. What's he going to do? He's trying to get over the embarrassment of the film. The Moo character. He only seems to talk to Lily. Yeah, he's got a thing for Lily. I don't even see where... Let's where just he... say this. He's got a fucking brown thing for Lily. Yeah. He's cock, huh? Yeah, <laughs> the whole point. All right, what are you writing? Trying to get into his thing so I can write, uh, you know, fuck you and your brown cock. Oh, I don't want Wait, to write Wait, what were that. you supposed to write? How come you weren't a Just Joey? Uh, yeah, that's I right. I mean, uh, uh, Just Joey's? Is that Joey's name? Yeah. Is it Just Joey? No, I just guess. Just Joe, Joe, it's Joe. Oh, Joey. Oh, Joey. Yeah, just put Joey's party. You don't take dictation well. You went from <laughs> Joey's party to uh, Big Black Thing. Wow. How do you... Franklin, I think, doesn't allow everyone to put comments on his thing. Oh, I see. Okay. All right, what's Franklin's new Twitter? Wise move on Franklin's part. Franklin's new uh, Twitter. No sides chosen. RBI all the way. Love the Bennington. <laughs> Not fucking a choosing the side is choosing a fucking side. <laughs> Come on. I hate when someone says that. He 
He doesn't understand that. That's the problem. And we've just lost the information on his screening. Uh, when we come up, we'll uh, do the happening for uh, the Ron and Fez Movie Club. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Club, play that music, Fez. The opening. It's Ron and Fez's Movie Club. Ron Ron and Fez's Movie Club. Uh, I'm not picking this up out of my headphones at all. You're not getting it? No. Oh. Yeah, it's there. I think I'm out one channel. Yeah, one of my channels was out. So I was just getting the uh, music in the background. It's a crazy fucking place. All right. The happening was the movie. Uh, watched on this one. It's just let's not even worry about it right now. The was watched uh, by uh, myself when the film came out. Uh, you also uh, saw it, Pepper Hicks. Yeah, I caught the bootleg because I just wanted to see how he could fail again. Mm-hmm. Since it's all been garbage since the uh, the ghost one. Now Eastside Dave, I had you and Fez Watley watch this so um, we could sit around and talk about it. Uh, let's face facts here. I saw this in a movie theater. I came back and said, and it was during my popcorn summer, that I was kind of excited about it because I believed I had watched the worst movie of all time. Now, I'm not talking about compared with Gap or something like that. I'm talking about a movie that's had a big Hollywood budget with stars that just completely may be the worst movie of all time. Can you think of a worse one, um Hicks, maybe that um, movie, The Spirit, the follow-up to Sin City. I didn't see that. I didn't see it either, but I just heard how god awful that was. And that had a huge star cast. I actually was in uh, an argument uh, before, but um, with somebody about this film when I said it was the worst film of all time, and they said no, it was Lady in the Water, the M Night Shyamalan movie that came on before this. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the film itself. What did you think, Fuzzy? Oh, it is awful. That is, I think it's an hour and 35 minutes of nightmare. When did it, when did it start to lose it for you? Um, you know what? It actually started in the right after the Central Park scene that began, and they went to the classroom scene with Marky Mark as a teacher, and the very uncomfortable, you're a 15-year-old boy with a perfect face speech was so uncomfortable of a teacher talking sexy to a teenage boy that that's when I started to lose it. So almost immediately. So the in, the, the first scene where everybody freezes up 
and uh, Central Park, were, that worked for you? Well, yeah, I was still in it at that point. I think then it goes into the people uh, diving off of the construction site. Still worked for you. I was still there. And then Marky Mark started talking. Right. Uh, what about for you, Davey Mack? When they, they, this woman showed a video of a guy getting his arms eaten by a lion. And that got such, in the theater, got such a huge laugh when it should have been um, just terrifying. I have not laughed that hard at any movie, including most comedies, in the longest time. I know these people are under some kind of you know, thing that they're like depressed. They would still yell... If a lion was eating their arms off, no matter what kind of spell you're under, you'd still be shrieking in pain. And that was just the best. Now, I, I'll kind of agree with Fez where by the time they start to shoot in Philadelphia, it just looks so cheap and bad dialogue. But when things started to go wrong and Marky Mark and his wife couldn't stop talking about the fact that they may or may not be having marital problems. All right, the world is coming to an end. The fact that she maybe wrote a cock, let's put that out of our mind right now. The other part of it that I thought was just amazing was, all right, they're getting away by train, which you've never heard of in <laughs> any fucking, no one outruns the monster by a train. But then the train stops uh, we can't contact anyone. So everyone just get off the train. Later, when they show you where the hot zones were, if the train would have just kept riding, uh, they would have been to safety. All they had to do was stay on the train. Also, there was no continuation with the movie. When everyone gets off the train, they all go to a diner, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a diner slash gas station. Then they know that the thing is nearby, yeah. so then they all get into cars. <laughs> Where did these cars come from? <laughs> Who? All the people were on the train because they didn't have cars. What about the weirdness when they went to the hot house and they kept bringing up hot dogs? I like a hot dog. It's going to be a hot dog. What the fuck are you talking about? Was it trying to be a comedic relief in, in a tense moment? I did not understand <laughs> it. I was completely lost there. The uh, dialogue was absolutely, easily the worst I've ever seen. The, the, the scary parts, the worst that's ever been done. Uh, let's go over to um, Kevin in Connecticut. Kevin, you're on the Run Fest show. Hey, guys, I got two observations about this piece of shit. Number one, when John Leguizamo was slicing his wrist in the background, it looked like there was an AOL yellow running man logo. <laughs> All right. And number two, when he grabbed the rifle, he grabbed the barrel of the rifle and it didn't burn his hand off. Right. How friggin' ridiculous was that movie? Here is uh, Brian in Kansas City. Brian, you're on the Run of Fest show. Where the fuck was the monster? The movie kept leading you to believe there was a monster. Right. I never saw a monster. I saw people being afraid of wind running through trees well this is this is a really uh good part of the film you did not have a monster nor did you have a hero at a certain <laughs> point marky mark starts crying we're just gonna die we're just gonna die and then the trees stopped killing people but other than the fact that the wind would blow and i guess send deadly pollen your way there was nothing to really run from 
or anything that was after you. Well, I liked where he stopped and just was checking some things out with the breeze coming through and then asked, is the grass in on it too now? Basically, is it now involving the grass? As if we got to worry. Uh, Here is uh, Bill in West Virginia. Bill, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Fez. How you guys doing? Yeah. Hey, pretty much, John Leguizamo, he has one child in the movie and a wife. And then he goes after his wife, which he obviously knows she's dead, to leave the child by herself, parentless, with Marky Mark that's crying through the whole movie. It really was. <laughs> you, you don't run for that long only to turn back around. And then his big problem was a tear in the fucking rag top. <laughs> Where we were supposed to feel terrorized. And then, again, when the car hits the tree, it's fucking comical. He's he's in the passenger side. Two people come out. So someone must have came out from the back. It doesn't make any fucking sense. And then there was a gigantic part of the film just seemed to be about a talking tube. So that they could talk to each other. Underground, it just didn't, it was beyond fucking crazy. Then when they're in the talking tube, the wife drags that little girl to her death so she can hang out with the fucking husband in the middle of the field. Yes, it was just crazy, and love conquers all, I guess. Well, did love stop it, or was that just coincidence? Well, I took it as, all right, so the old lady is out there in her garden, and she gets it. Then they go out a few minutes later, and... Nothing happens to them. So I took it as the plants are responding to love and positive feelings. But that happened all over at the same time. It just didn't happen in that field. So yours would have been that there was a little call and response. Mm -hmm. I don't think it went that way. I think it was just done. Because they even said, hey, we don't know why some things happen. They just do. Uh, Here is Ryan. Ryan, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. How about the fact that the first idea proposed by anyone, hey, maybe it's the trees. It's yeah. the one they just <laughs> run with. <laughs> maybe we're killing each other because the trees did stuff. And again, hey there was no response by the rest of the country. Just like you were, hey, Pennsylvania, you're on your own. Yeah, if people, if there was mass murderers happening... Uh, trees would really be down on the list of suspects. Adam in Kentucky, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. How you gonna keep using the word happening all through the movie? Yeah, happening showed up quite a bit. Brendan in Orlando. Hey, Ron. Listen, uh, um, I think the movie's intentionally funny. I mean, you've got Marky Mark... He's, if you've ever seen that movie where he plays the hitman, you know, he's doing that same sort of thing with that sensitive voice. I think he was going for the laugh. And I think people give M. Night a hard time because, you know, they want to see that, that ghost at the end. They want to see Bruce Willis um, clutching his shirt and being If cold. this is some way of making fun of um, the films itself, nobody has told the director because he certainly didn't sell it that way. 866 Ron Zero Fez. 866 Ron Zero Fez. Here's Jeremy in Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, uh, what's up when he was in the middle of that field and he was saying, thinks scientifically, douchebag? What kind of dialogue is that? It was unbelievable. Di- the dialogue through the entire 
film was insane. And again, you're seeing people murdering each other, <laughs> yeah. and you're mad because your wife might have been friends with someone at work. I mean, they didn't have the balls to say she blew someone. They just said a guy at work asked her out, and he was furious about it. Um, here is uh, Jay. Jay in Texas, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, uh, two things, man. One was, was Wahlberg overacting or what in that movie? I don't and, know whether it was overacting or underacting. <laughs> it just it seemed like when he was, the way he would enunciate his words was just like, oh, my God, you're a cartoon? Yeah. And then the other thing is just because uh, John Leguizamo was a uh, math teacher, he kept bringing up all these math formulas. Yeah, like, <laughs> like his entire life was dedicated to math. <laughs> His worst line in that thing is, he's ditching his daughter, he's asking these people to take care of her, which could be for life, and as Marky Mark's wife takes her hand, he screams in her face, don't take her hand unless you mean it. Uh, Prosper, you're on the Run of Fez show. Prosper. Yes, uh, how about that, uh, that old lady? I mean, what was her problem? I mean, what, what was she? What, 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 was what I loved story? about her is at least she was in a horror film. She was acting <laughs> the way you would act in an old 1950s horror film. The rest of them did not get that. Uh, all right, it's the Ron Fez Movie Club. First week uh, we did it. Of course, it was Point Break, which we decided was one of the all-time great bad films this was one of the all-time uh, great, no, one of the all-time worst bad films, where one is a bad film and you can enjoy watching it. This one was actually painful, but at least when you finished it, you could say to yourself, I think I've watched the worst film ever made. It's really hard for me. If there is a worst film ever made, let me know, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866 866- Ron Zero Fez. Mike, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Um, my biggest issue was the radio on the fence post 20 miles out in the middle of nowhere, and then he got pissed off because it didn't work. Yeah, that was just, there would constantly be scenes like that coming up where you're like, stop it. You're trying to get away from the plants, so you're running to a more fucking foresty area. You keep going into the thickest part. Of Pennsylvania. Eric, you're on Run and Fez. What's up, buddies? Yeah. Hey, yeah, the happening almost destroyed my marriage of three years, even though that's not a long time. I fell asleep right when the train was leaving Philadelphia. And my wife, when I woke up, told me that it was one of the best endings she's ever seen. So I went and watched the whole movie the next day and couldn't believe I married such a retard. Yeah, you should get divorced. Um, the film that I saw, and I did see it at the theater, and I'm going to be really proud of that as the years go by. But uh, people laughed inappropriately and then started to get angry. And then finally there was just moaning where you would just hear, oh, God. Oh, God. And then when the film ended, I started clapping like to try to be so that everybody can turn around and see who enjoyed. Uh, Tony Armando Fez. Uh, yeah, Ronnie, I was, when I watched it last night, I found myself, when John Leguizamo was going after his wife, it was supposed to be like this huge, like, heartbreaking moment. Instead, when they were beeping their horn on the Jeep, I'm like, get the hell out of here. I don't care. Just leave. Yeah, you do not care about a single 
character. There is nobody. Little kids dying. Doesn't matter to you. You just don't like these people. Well, they had no problem discussing any sort of bad news or the Lion Cage video in front of the little girl. There was no regard at all. Uh, Bob in New Jersey, you're on Rana Fez. Hey, how you doing, boys? What about that scene when Marky Mark is uh, talking to the potted plant and then realizes halfway through it that it's plastic? The thing is, the plant actually outacted him in that scene. It was a very, very uh, uh, strange thing. All right, by the way, uh, I just got uh, a text from Lily. My Twitter just blew the fuck up. It's so on. All right, honey. We're going to play that. We're going to play that little game. Uh, here is a Missing Link in uh, Westchester. I had to turn it off as soon as the guy killed himself with the lawnmower. That, that was it. That was classic. <laughs> there was not a single person who killed himself in a scary way. They were all fucking retarded. All right, I will give you the bodies coming off the building. Uh-huh. And as a matter of fact, I think that in the trailer is what got me to show up at the movies. And just some hope that the guy would redeem himself from uh, Sixth Sense. Man, was I wrong. I've never been so wrong. Uh, here is uh, Clint. Clint, you're on Rana Fez. I couldn't believe that guy shot that little kid for knocking on his front door. Yeah, I think that was supposed to show us that humanity was so bad, but I didn't get it. Uh, that was crazy. Cody in Houston, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, uh, my wife always gets mad at me because she's trying to watch shows and I'm making fun of them and stuff. So I told her I'd stop doing it, and she rented The Happening. And about 10 minutes in, I turned and looked at her, and she said, yeah, let's tear this thing up. Yeah, let's just start ripping it. <laughs> yeah, and the worst part is when... Uh, they go to the house, and in order to prove to the people that he's not crazy, he starts singing, Oh, black water, keep on rolling. See, I'm not crazy. I'm what not infected. What the fuck? How does this even happen? <laughs> How does anything this oh, bad man. get made? Now, normally you can look at a big Hollywood film and say, All right, they brought in different writers, or the producers got their fingers, or some egotistical actor, or, you know, they just hired... They they got they gave money to big actors and then tried to write a quick um, uh, script. Here, you you basically have a, a, a director writer who is independent of the studio system. Final cut. He gets to do exactly what he wants to do, and this is the shit he turns in. Kelly in Montana, you're on Run Fez. Hey. Ron, Fez, yeah. how's it going? Good. You know when the guys hit the porch and the rifles come out and they're shooting everybody, why wouldn't you run? They're, they're seeing if they're okay and everything. Why wouldn't you just get up and run? You know? I mean, I, they're all I just shots, don't understand shots. the difficulty in heading west. Just head west. They even showed you that this thing only went from, like, Vermont to fucking... You could hit the Ohio border, and you're fine. I don't understand why you can't scramble and get out of town. You can do it when a hurricane's coming. Why can't you do it when the trees are making everyone kill itself? Well, I will say this. I'm loving the feedback that we're getting. 
and proves that Ron and Fez Movie Club is going to work this summer. But we're going to have to pick these movies. No more the knuckle-dragging that we got from Eastside Dave uh, next uh, week. Um, right, well, hold on. No, he said, yay, now Fez has no choice but to actually watch movies. There is some truth to that, Fezzy, that this is the first time uh, that maybe we should pick something like Taxi Driver next time so Fez has to watch the movie and then return it to Dave. Uh, here is uh, Mark in Minneapolis. Mark. Yeah, I spent 12 bucks to see this piece of crap in the theater, and I walked out 15 minutes in because I'm like, this is a whole film about fucking global warming. Well, honestly, it was supposed to be like we're supposed to treat the earth better, but it would be too hide behind that thing. Um, it would be too much of an embarrassment to say that. Uh, here's Ray. Ray, you're on Fez. Uh, yeah, that iPod horrendous product placement scene. That was the worst Hysterical. thing. Also, they do do another deal. movie. Right. Hey, I just got my iPhone. It's here by iPhone. Uh, Sean, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. The guy called in with mine with the singing part, but I do have a movie worse than this. Okay. It is. Of course, it has, has Steven Seagal in it. It's Fire Down Below, where he's the ass-kicking EPA agent. Um, isn't there Eric Bogosian in that film as the bad guy? I believe so. Yeah. Where he it's basically Die Hard on a boat? No, no, no. That's a no. That's um. Oh, okay. I got that one confused with he's. Uh, I so this is him in Canada fighting about oil or Alaska. No, I don't think this was the one in Alaska. I think this was the one in just some other town where they're dumping nuclear waste or something underneath the town. Yeah, anything with Seagal shouldn't count as a movie. Um, <laughs> and I think we, even we had that thing where Fez brought up Steven Seagal's name last week. For something. Yeah, I can't remember what it was for, but it, it did come up. Too bad. This would have been a chance for you to jump in. Mo Bangley from Poughkeepsie. You're on the Ron and Fez show. Yeah, hey, Ron and Fez. How you doing? Yeah. Yeah, my favorite part of that, that movie is when uh, they're in the Jeep and they, they ran into the tree. Uh, uh, that was my as well. I don't know why that made me laugh. Probably harder than the tiger scene. Now, I will... <laughs> agree with Dave that the tiger scene is what set the audience off. Uh, and someone actually yelled, oh, my God, this is awful. Darn that. Frank, you're on Ronnie Fez. Ronnie B., the only thing that would have saved that movie is if at the end, if M. Night Shyamalan had walked out and pointed at the audience and laughed like Nelson from The Simpsons. I honestly think I would have respected him more as if he would have leaned over on screen, pulled his ass cheeks apart, and took a giant shit and said, this is what you get for showing up here. I would have said, there's something about that guy I got to admire. Um, here is uh, here's Scott. Scott, you're on Run and Fez. Hey, what's up, Ronnie? Yeah. Hey, worst movie than the happening is uh, Ghost of Mars with uh, Ice Cube. I never saw this one. Have you seen it, uh, Hicks? Yeah, I saw it. It's pretty bad. It's pretty cool, too. It's just a really bad Mars Horrendous. action fucking movie. Ice Cube Horrendous. I don't know if anything good's ever been made with Mars. I don't think there's been a good film with Mars in it. Uh, Ronnie in Florida, you're on the Ronnie Fez show. 
Yeah, I saw this thing on Netflix the other night. It's the worst movie ever. It's got Jason Mewes and Paris Hilton. Jason Mewes plays a bartender that goes to win the big contest to save his dad's bar. And David Keith. All right. You know what? I saw a couple minutes. But let's be honest here. That thing knew it was going to be schlock when you, you get people like that to be in it. This fucking M. Night Shyamalan, they were div- this was put out like it was going to be the summer blockbuster. This was thrown out with the other blockbusters. Tom, Tom in New York, you're on the run. Oops, let me go to Nate in Buffalo first. Hey, guys, yeah, I uh, I didn't like how they kept saying that, it, is this the trees, is this the trees, before the, even halfway through the movie. Then you hit the end, and they said, oh, guess what, it was the trees. It was the trees, <laughs> after all. Very, yeah, very uh, weird. Uh, Tom in New York, go ahead, buddy. Hey, Ron, uh, have you seen the new uh, Wicker Man with Nick Cage? I have not. I stay away from Nick Cage films. If you want to see the worst film that has ever been produced, that is the one. There's a scene where he's on a ferry boat. A train hits a girl he's imagining. You see, here's the deal here. I can't even know if that would be the worst Nick Cage film. They're so bad. The Wicker Man is the only thing, in my opinion, that compares to The Happening. Really? It's just as... The thing that they both have in common is when Mark Wahlberg is, like, going through the movies, he just keeps saying, Why are you doing this to us? And it's like, why are you asking that question? Nick Cage does the same thing. It's comparable to the happening. You're supposed to be the hero of the film. Fucking work things out. Come up with a pesticide. Start lighting fucking forests on fire. Do something. Uh, here is uh, Ryan in Minneapolis. You're on the Run Fest show. Hello? Yeah. I would say the worst movie I have ever seen is Miracle at St. Anna. I don't even know this film. It's a Spike Lee film, uh, the one with the Buffalo Soldiers. Oh, yeah, it came out last year, right? Historically inaccurate, horrible. And it's three and a half hours long or something crazy. Yeah, it's kind of down-your-throat cinematography. Uh, Here's Justin and Gloucester. You're on Run Fez. Hey, what's up, boys? Worst movie of all time by far was Pearl Harbor. I've never sat through a bigger piece of shit than that movie in my entire life. Three hours long. Just garbage, pure garbage. It really is pretty uh, bad. Uh, here is um, Wayne. Wayne, you're on Run Fez. Wayne, you're on Run Fez. Hey, uh, I thought the worst movie was uh, M.I. Shimon's The Village. Yeah, what a piece of shit. As terrible as that is, it's still only the third worst M. Night Shyamalan movie. <laughs> I can't imagine another one being worse than uh, an M. Night movie being worse than this M. Night movie, The Happening. Did you see Lady in the Water? I did not see Lady in the Water. Catch up. Go okay. see that one next. I'm telling you, I was in a debate about it, and it's it's bad. And it's fucking crazy bad like this one. Um, here is uh, Derek in Arkansas. You're on Run of Fez. Hey, buddies. I, uh, I watched The Happening on opening night at the movies when it came out. And, guys, that movie was so bad. This was a packed crowd. And at the end of the movie, like you guys said earlier, Half of the people stood up and clapped, and the other half of the damn people were asleep. This movie, this movie was so bad. But also, if you're going to talk about bad movies, you got to throw in Ishtar, guys. That is terrible. I think the first half of Ishtar is fucking hysterical. The, with the scenes where they're writing songs together kills me, slays me. Uh, here is um, here's Patrick in Tampa. You're on Run Fez. Yeah, how are we doing, guys? I just wanted to add that I think the happening was just done in the media, the wrong media form. You got 
you got a great idea for a book that M. Night just tried to take and just make into a visual, a visual representation, and it just didn't do justice. I mean, it would be interesting to see anybody else take the idea and see what they could, you know, the earth turning on us. It's not an awful idea. What he did, shit. Just shit. Well, at the uh, end, he had to put in the, he, in the old lady's house. He puts in a scary doll. Like, it's, uh, he realized his movie wasn't scary enough, so he puts in that really gross-looking scary doll in the old woman's bed. Here is uh, Craig in New Hampshire. You're, you're on running face. Uh, hey, boys. Uh, worst piece of shit movie I ever saw. Jack Black, Mia Farrow, Moss Def, and D. Kind of Rewind. What the hell was that? Yeah, that was some bizarre shit. Uh, here is uh, Bam. Bam in New Hampshire. You're on running face. Hey, what's up? Uh, I'm going to say right now, the movie Revolver might be the worst movie I've ever seen. And one of the worst of all Beatles movies, uh, Beatles albums. What was Revolver? I don't know this movie. That was Guy Ritchie. It was his third movie. After, it was the one after Snatch. And it was with uh, Jason Stratham and Andre 3000 and Ray Liotta. And at fir the first hour or so, it seemed like a, like a kind of good gangster movie, but got real weird at the end and totally fucked itself. It was a piece of garbage. Um... Are you telling me it's worse than the movie he did with his wife, Madonna? It's on par. That is probably worse, but this is pretty fucking I bad. couldn't make it through that movie. And on f I walked out of that film, and Fez, I was watching it in bed. And I ended up just walking around all night, not getting any sleep at all. Um, here is uh, Derek in Tennessee. You're on running Fez. Hey, Mr. B. How's it going? What can we do for you, brother? Uh, driven with Sylvester Stallone. Hands down, worst movie ever. Now, this uh, weekend, uh, a movie that got clobbered by the critics, but then, oddly enough, ignored by the box office, is um, Will Ferrell's movie, Land of the Lost. Now, the trailers for this were absolutely horrible. And the thing that uh, kind of makes me feel sad is that we were on such a big Kenny Powers kick, and he was... In this film, Fez. Yeah, I wonder now if Will Ferrell, I mean, this has got to be a flop, a huge flop. If he's going to try to do the funny movie guy tries to get a little bit more dramatic now. Well, he's done that. Uh, he did that one where he was, um, uh, well, he did a Woody Allen deal. And then he also did the one where he was the guy that was like somebody was writing a book. Stranger Than Fiction. Yeah, Stranger Than Fiction, uh, which was actually a pretty good film. I don't have a Will Ferrell problem, uh, but I do have a Land of the Lost problem. You have a Will Ferrell problem, Fez? I think there's just too much Will Ferrell out there. I think he is just all over the place, and people can't aren't going to give him another hour and a half at the movie theater. You think once a year is too much? I mean, um, there's a lot more people that make more than one movie a year. Yeah, but his... Ben Stiller makes a lot more than one a year. Yeah, but I don't know. For Will Ferrell, it seems like we're just getting the same character over and over again. Plus, all the publicity that he does with a film. Yeah, but all right, let's go to the same character. Jerry Lewis did the same character. Woody Allen still does the same character. I mean, do you really want to go somewhere and Will Ferrell is not being Will Ferrell? I don't... I think if you have a movie character that works, I don't have a big part of it, a big problem with it, 
particularly for a comedian. Now, um, the movie Up uh, has uh, done 500, uh, uh, I think only dropped like 30-some percent, uh, number one for the second, and close to $50 million this week. This is the 10th, come on in here, Davey Mac. This is the 10th Pixar movie in a row that was a hit as both uh, with the audience and with the critics. And we talked about this before. It seems to be stunning that someone can point this off. Here are the 10 of the Pixar films. Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc., Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, Cars, Ratatouille, and Wally. Uh, the biggest of all these, Fez, what do you think? I would say Toy Story 2 would, would be the biggest one. Two, Toy Story 2, not the biggest one. Matter of fact, not as, uh, only about the fourth out of all the ten. What do you think it is? I'd say Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo, once again, Eastside Dave is correct. $866 million. Here's the odd thing about these things. They've done an average $540 million worldwide business. An average of that mm. per film. Uh, and the tomato meter from Rotten Tomatoes, an average of 94%. Wow. These films are gigantic. That money that they've brought in, roughly the same as all 23 James Bond movies put together. Uh, roughly the same as all six Star Wars films put together. Holy shit. That's pretty goddamn gigantic. How about this? Roughly the same. The Pixar films have made roughly the same as all six Batman and all three Spider-Man films. Now, when we think about those films, those are gigantic Pixar's been able to do this. Um, all 11 Star Trek film, plus all four X-Men films, plus all three Jurassic Park films. <laughs> Just gigantic. How about this? All, all the Pixar films, same amount of money as all four Indiana Jones films, all three Matrix films, and all three Mission Impossible films. Uh, you can check this out at Daily Phil, dailyphil.com. But just going over the biggest of all these films, Finding Nemo, 866 worldwide. The smallest, Toy Story, at 361 worldwide. And that's just gigantic yeah. in and of itself. Here's an interesting thing. Uh, Ratatouille made more money uh, than Wally and Cars. Incredibles made $600 million. Incredibles made uh, more money than Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters, Inc. That's hard to believe. I didn't think The Incredibles was such a big film. I knew it was big in the box office. I didn't think Ratatouille was that big. Um, $624 million. Gigantic. Just gigantic. Bigger than Wally. Bigger than Cars. Uh, let's go over here to uh, George in Charleston, your run Fez. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah. I just want to totally disagree with Fez on the Will Ferrell issue. I mean, he's one of the hottest guys out there right now. Funny as shit. Did you guys see him the other night on um, Man vs. Wild? 
Uh, no, I didn't get a chance to say it. Hilarious. I mean, you know, and this is totally unscripted. I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit of scripted going on, but for the most part, totally unscripted. And just, just one of the funniest guys that, you know, I, I, I well, think is out there let, right now. Let's just also say this. If we had written a film and Will Ferrell decided he wanted to be in it, we'd be fucking high-fiving. We'd be going crazy. So I don't see that... Uh, I, I would not blame this thing on him as much as I would who could make Land of the Lost work. It's just a stupid mm. idea to begin with. I think he's going to have to, to – his next movie is going to have to be old school too to uh, come back from this Land of the Lost where it, it would have to be something that people really, really like seeing him in. So you feel like his career is actually in trouble? Yes, yes. I think he's just – I think – America got burnt out on him. I think he's just, he's so over the top. I, I think, like you said, Ben Stiller does a movie a year, but I don't know if Ben Stiller is as in your face about everything as Will Ferrell is. I think he's noticed more putting out a film every year. Hmm. I think maybe people are just sick of his hairdo. I'd say Will Ferrell should get a, a buzz cut. I just personally can't blame this film. On this guy. I really can't. Uh, let's go over and look at his... Uh, some of the stuff that's happening with his career. Over the last couple of years, uh, he did Step Brothers last year. Grossed $100 million. Uh, before that, Semi-Pro, $33 million. So that's a fall-off for him. Yep. Before that, uh, Blades of Glory... $100 million. Before that, Stranger Than Fiction, small independent film, made $40 million. So that would be considered a hit. Uh, before that, uh, Talladega Nights, $148 million. So in the last three years, he's had one, two, three hundred million. That That's a fucking movie star, Fez. Yeah, I am shocked that Step Brothers and Blades of Glory did that well. It seemed like they came and went. Well, they didn't, if they made that kind of money. <laughs> I don't know what it seemed like, but I'm giving you the, the facts off here. Uh, Wedding Crashers was 05. Oh, yeah, he was in that, but you really can't give him credit for that. Yeah, he was just in towards the end. And uh, what was yours, Old School 2, that he did? For, uh, you want him to do that because for people to like him again? Yeah. That one only made $75 million. So um, Step Brothers, Blades of Glory, and Talladega Nights – all made more money than that. Well, it's um, and Elf made more money at 173 million. Wow, I'm amazed at these numbers because it. All right, so now it starts with Land of the Lost. This is the tapering down. But what are you basing that on? Just it's uh, that it's Will Ferrell and it's summer and it's an opening weekend and then he comes in third place. Again, I would blame it on Land of the Lost. I just don't know. Who could make Land of the Lost work? It just looked like it was a little kid's movie, but done by an adult movie star. And if you were a little kid, you would have no connection with Land of the Lost. Yeah, the, the show was terrible. I went back and watched it. I, I, I didn't even remember when it was on. Was it? But was this even like a parody of Land of the Lost? No, it was and supposed to be And how can you thing. parody something that was so silly to begin with? <laughs> And was cheaply done. Right. Really bad. Uh, Scotty, you're on Renefez. 
Hey, buddies. I was just going to say that I think Pixar may have their first uh, flop coming up. They're going to do a uh, Cars 2. And uh, I think that was kind of the Cars was the weakest one that they did as far as quality. Uh, cars, I you know, I mean, I didn't see it. But I know I have little kids in my family that have car sheets <laughs> and get them something from cars. I mean, just absolutely loved it. Uh, Dan, you're on the Run of Face show. Hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah. Hey, just uh, one quick thing about how out of touch these uh, universal execs are. They were actually projecting this thing would make $30 million in the first day. And just to compare that to something, that's how much I Am Legend made. In well, the first day. They they thought they had a hit. They were uh they couldn't have been more wrong. Chris in New York, you're on the Run Fest show. Yeah, uh Will Farrell was the best part of Wedding Crashers. He was hilarious through them or in his this is thirty seconds of the movie or whatever. It made the whole movie. Yeah, I kind of agree with you, but uh you can't give him credit for that film. It's the other two guys that you know, just in the same way that if the film would have flopped, I wouldn't have blamed it on him. Yeah, I mean, that's like saying that Billy Madison was a Chris Farley movie because he was the bus driver. Boy, I loved him as that bus driver, though. <laughs> they got it on. George, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. Listen, normally I, I agree with you, but I really got to disagree with you, man. Will Farrell, not funny. Uh, I, I am amazed that his movies, as much money as they've been making... I, but I you, 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 first of all, you sound like Fez. First of all, whether we say somebody or not is funny, uh, you know, everybody has an opinion on this. What you can't really have an opinion on is does the guy have an audience or not? And if you look at the numbers that we're bringing up over the last four or five years, he's a bigger star than Tom Cruise right now. He's a bigger star Jim Carrey right now. By far, he's beaten Jim Carrey the last few years. So you can't fight that. You know what I mean? You can say, he's just not funny or I don't like... You know, that's opinion. I get that completely. Uh, here, uh, let me go over here to Mike. Mike, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Uh, I, that guy who talked about cars, we drove from Texas to New Hampshire. My son and daughter watched it over and over and over again. Cars 2 will be a hit. Yeah, I have a nephew who's the same fucking way that I don't know. I So far, I think we've sent him a helmet and this and that. I don't know. <laughs> they ask for things I can't even identify with. Well, that one seems to have the most natural toy tie-in. But it, it, it's not as big as the other ones, believe it or not. Mm. It's not as big as the Ratatouille. And, again, I, can't, I watched that Ratatouille. I thought that was shit. But yeah. I can't take it away that, you know, the thing made $600 million. <laughs> that little one was overrated, Ratatouille. Uh, here is uh, Craig. Craig, you're on Run Fez. Yeah, I just wanted to call and say I I don't watch any of Will Ferrell's movies. I've tried to watch a few, and he just drives me crazy. Again, you're not going to please everyone. I get that 100%. But Fez is saying that the guy's career is in trouble because he's in, 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 one, in one flop. Um, and you could argue that he's been in you know, uh, two flops in two years, and then you look back and he's had a couple of uh, hits in the same time. So if you ch if you look at somebody like a Chevy Chase who had a couple hits, and then they gave him like 25 more chances <laughs> to fucking lose. So I don't think his career's in trouble. Yeah, well, I mean, look at Sandra Bullock. She never made a good movie after Speed. Not a one. And she's still given chances. Do you so include Speed? Well, I, so, yeah, I mean, but I think if I gave anyone the blame for speed, 
it would be uh, Keanu. You know what I mean? Like, he was the action star. Right. She was the girl. Well, I'm saying she was a big part of that movie. It was a huge success. And then she hasn't made another uh, an, another good movie since. I'm, I'm giving her speed is what I'm saying. That's nice of you. Yeah. I mean, I think comedy, though, don't you think it has a, sh- uh, a, a, a shorter shelf life? And it's, you know, it's difficult to be making a $100 million movie every single time. That's why what Jim Carrey did in 93 was, like, historical. When he was, he just made, you know, those, you know, whatever, five consecutive $100 million movies. Matt, you're on the Ron Fez show. I was wondering how Ron Burgundy did, because I didn't think that was all that funny. Anchorman? I made $85 million. Uh, really? Big, big hit for something that would cost as much as that did. Uh, Eric, Eric, you're on Ron Fez. Uh, you know, Ron, I just want to call you up real quick and say uh, I think the problem right now with Will Ferrell has got to be HBO has made him a, a bigger star. I, I think that's where he's getting overexposed is he's everywhere. On YouTube, I mean, uh, that may be why Fez is now getting sick of him. Fez, uh, you're sick of Will Ferrell. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm tired of Will Ferrell. I'm not going to see Land of the Lost, that's for sure. But is really an hour and a half a year overexposure? <laughs> Or even if it was three hours a year. If it was two films a year, how is that overexposure? When you really think about it, a TV star would be on 26 mm. hours uh, a year. I think it's just seeing him in, uh, in all the other things on The Tonight Show, on Regis, um, A Man vs. Di- Wild. How's <laughs> Man vs. Wild? Well, well, you don't have to watch any of those shows. There's not one of those shows you have to watch. Yeah, but it still seems like he pops up everywhere. Whether you're watching him or not, it seems like you're constantly running across Will Ferrell. And that's and that's overexposure. It seems like your TV is overexposed. <laughs> if it's constantly on and you're seeing him and don't know how to change it. I don't watch as much TV as you. Um, but I don't think uh, the guy is going to take the blame uh, for what uh, happened with this. Uh, Ashley in, uh, Ashley in Cleveland. You're on the Ronnie Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. Yeah. I just want to say the worst Will Ferrell movie is has to be semi-pro. I actually saw it on cable and, and had fun with it. I dug it. Yeah. What about really? you, Hicks? That was one I did like, and I was surprised it bombed so horribly. Yeah, well, it was R-rated. So R-rated, it's harder to get these. You got to be PG-rated like Elf. And it was an ABA movie. I don't think a lot of people have <laughs> I interest. Do. I do too, but you know, I like big seventies hair. I, I think one thing with Land of the Lost that people always make this mistake: you should not combine huge special effects with a comedy movie. It has, has to be. Has it ever either. worked? I mean, I can't think of any. You know, that the the one you know the, that was based on the books. Um, the fucking Gal- Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah, that was. Okay for me, but that was not it. I haven't seen it. Really? But that wasn't that good. And that was like the closest I could call to a success as comedy and special effects. Most of them are really shitty, and Landon Lost is no exception. John, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, what's up, buddies? I just gotta say the movie Elf. You know, it's not the funniest movie in the world, but god damn it, I can't shut that thing off when it comes on. That's a good movie. It's pleasant. Uh here is um uh here's my I'm gonna guess Bedias. Medias show on the Run and Fed show. Once, twice, you're gone. Here is Wes from Texas. Wes, you're on Run and Fed. Hey, what's up, buddies? Hey, guys. I would think that they 
misused the heck out of Danny McBride in this whole thing. I mean, he's hilarious, and then but you didn't see him on The Tonight Show or Man vs. Wild. He was fucking nowhere the whole way. Well, again, the, you know, uh, Fez's thing of blaming that on Will Ferrell, but you really, it, you get booked by the studios. So when you sign a contract to do uh, one of these movies, you've got to sign up mm. for the whole publicity tour. Scott, you're on Fez. Yeah, hey, guys. Um, just wanted to put in real quick. I listened to this whole uh, banter back and forth. Now, I can't stand Will Ferrell. He's uh, absolutely unappealing in every way to me. Uh, his, his comedy's horrible for me. But his, tra- his, his, uh, his career is not in the trash can by any means because his audience is kids. And any woman that has a kid is going to let him sit down and watch his movies so they can be entertained by him and, you know, show up for a little bit. So, All right, here's uh, Kent. Kent in California, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. You know, I, I saw this film because I'm working as an independent film critic. And, uh, you know, their biggest problem with it is they're, they're marketing it as a kid's film. And it's pretty damn crude for a kid's movie. If you marketed it as more of like a stoner teenage movie and showed a lot of the stuff that isn't in the trailers, they could have done a little bit better. But to market it as a kid's film and even try to go up against the Disney film was just suicide. Yeah, it seemed like the entire idea of the film uh, looked like suicide. All right, what, what do you write for, uh, Kent? Uh, I'm writing for my own website. I don't want to self-promote. All right, come on. Tell, tell me what your website is. I'm going to see your taste. It's daftbot.com. Right, say it again. Daftbot.com. All right, we're going to look it up, make sure we got this. And uh, how many people are reading your movie reviews? Uh, not very many. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm always looking to replace Polo on the Ron and Fez show because he well, doesn't I, always show up. I'm already, like, being kind of quoted as the movie guy for ONA. Uh-huh. I'm a movie guy. Um, and who are you sending your movies to? Um, from the uh, ONA show? Dean Ennis spoke to me about my opinion. Uh, you know, so back in the day, Steve called me a couple times to ask for my opinion on movies. Uh, so ONA believe it. ONA believe in the daft spot. Uh, they believe in the movie guys sometimes. All right. I'm liking it. And you give this to daft spot thumbs up. No, not really. I, it was it wasn't great, but I, I think an unrated cut, if they you know on DVD and they market it differently, I think it could have a niche audience. Is that right? I I got somebody who wrote this. Kent sucks. He's yeah, awful. Do that. The worst ever. All right, what makes Kent the worst ever? I'm very curious uh, about this. I, you know, I, it, it would go back to probably when I was on Pal Talk. I was really annoying. You know, and I, I, for a while, I considered myself an ONA show character, and I was just kind of a douche about it. Like, I understand why people don't like me, really. So you feel like you've grown up from that now, though? Oh, yeah, I hope so, yeah. All right. I, I understand my place in the world a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So you, you have me on the show, you'll probably get people going, oh, Ken's bad. And, All right, people write in this. Give him a shot. He'll hang himself very quickly. All right, Ken, I, I don't want to step on ONA's things. You're the daft spot. You're with ONA. All right. Talk thanks. to you later, my brother. Uh, he loved it. I like his picture. He looks like a movie reviewer, though. <laughs> you know, some guys look yeah. like they should be going to the movie. Ken's one of those dudes. I could see him sitting right next to Siskel, like he reminds, 1986. Yeah, he reminds me of a young Polo, uh, a before Polo burnout on uh, what the world had to say. Uh, we're going to break here. 
Uh, we'll be right back. What's coming up for you, Fez? Uh, more information on the David Carradine situation. Very, very exciting. Uh, first, we heard it was suicide. Uh, then we heard it was audio asphyxiation, a, uh, an accident. Now, this was no accident. It was murder. Murder, she wrote. Did it happen for David Carradine? Uh, we'll talk about it when we get back. It's the Ron Fez Show. I got my eye on you. I got my eye on you. No, I got my eye on you. No, I got my eye on you. The David Carradine uh, story gets weirder and weirder. We brought this up. So they find him dead in a closet uh, in Thailand. Uh, The initial situation was uh, David Carradine hung himself. The initial reports, oh, he was always suicidal. Then they let on, all right, it was the audio asphyxiation, David Carradine, because his genitals were uh, wrapped with a fucking shoestring or something. So then it was like David Carradine jacking off. Uh, he went out like he was the lead the singer and in excess. Now, Fezzi, they're saying his hands were tied behind his back. Hands were tied behind his back. His family wants an FBI investigation into this. Mm-hmm. They say that David Carradine, while filming this movie in Thailand had come across, had uncovered a secret society of martial artists that I don't know what illegal things they were into, but he had, got, he had uncovered this group, and they were responsible for killing him mm-hmm. and hanging him in that apartment. Now, I would just say to the Carradine family, all right, we understand the auto-asphyxiation thing. Pretty embarrassing. But to go this far to secret ninjas actually killed him, it might be better just to let it go at this point. Let what go? Let go. Um, uh, don't keep trying to clear his name on the auto-asphyxiation, on the jacking off death. Well, how do you tie your hands behind your own back? And why would you? Well, it could have been someone, you know, that was in the apartment with him, in the hotel with him, but it would still be a sexual thing. It doesn't automatically mean secret ninjas did this. Well, before you get to that, if someone tied him up and let him die, that's murder. So if this was my family, uh, I think that they would go looking for it. And if it was anyone in my family... The whole embarrassing of uh, uh, gimmick of jerking off uh, doesn't have anything to do with this. They might be saying secret ninjas or, well, first of all, I, I know nothing about that. But they might be saying it's some kind of conspiracy thing like that to get the FBI involved. Because you just can't say, hey, you got murdered by a hooker and her pimp. And the FBI is going to go over there. They probably don't trust the Thai police. But w- with what you're saying, f- the first place they came out, it was an accident. The guy was fucking jerking off and he died. Mm-hmm. That's a big difference than his hands were tied behind his back. And someone let him die 
if they, they either killed him or it was an accident and they let him die, but then left the fucker. Yeah, the, you, you can't pull that off. Uh, Davey Mack, if this is your family, you're into it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mics. Absolutely, because first of all, they're, they're asking for the FBI to to research this it doesn't mean you know that their 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 theories are that wild it just simply means hey we don't think that our father or whoever killed himself in this manner let's look into it what can be the harm well let's face it too if it was a bunch of guys who do uh martial arts and then they also do crime in some way or they're drug dealers blah 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 it doesn't necessarily make them a secret ninja gang like it's in a fucking movie, you know what I mean? Yeah. A bunch of guys could all work at bowling alleys and be gangsters together. You know, you couldn't act like, like um, you know, a lot of the uh, uh, the guys that were in the mob were in unions or whatever, construction. A lot of these things are just uh, to tie up what they're doing. So I have no idea whether or not... Uh, what he was up to, but the reality of it was you can't tie your own fucking hands behind your back. So you did not audio asphyxiate. Here's uh, Eli. Eli, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddies. Whether it was ninjas or not, he couldn't have been jerking off if his hands were tied behind his back. That's not how I do it. You know what? That's a very good point there, too, Fezzy. If this is the sex games that you were talking about, uh-huh. to come harder... <laughs> Why are his hands behind his back? Well, I thought that, uh, I thought, the way I first heard it, I thought that there was a rope uh, attached to his genitals and to his hand, so I thought he was doing some sort of tugging with the rope. A rope burn, though, But they huh? said hands were tied behind his back. Right, yeah, that was the latest, thing, yeah. So I didn't know if he could still maneuver himself with the rope being connected to everything. Well, how would you tie it? <laughs> And why would you tie it when you could just keep your hands in front of you and tug on a rope? I mean, it's one thing that you... you uh, first of all, I have no problem with the fucking family saying whatever they want to say. I'm not going to start mocking them out for being freaked out that somebody in their family is dead and, and they think he may be murdered. Look into it. Uh, Hindu, you're in Missouri. You're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, I, am, I immediately thought conspiracy because the, the, the roots go way back to uh, Charity stole the Kung Fu thing from Bruce Lee. That was already, uh, like, in black and white on paper, and Bruce Lee was supposed to do that series, and, and David Charity with his dad's pull out there in Hollywood stole that from Bruce Lee. So there's uh, where else can he get, uh, you know, they could get away with it over in Thailand, any real, you know, family or followers. He didn't steal it. The fucking uh, the execs didn't think an Asian guy could carry his own TV show, so they gave it to the white guy. But this was a show, if you remember, was the first one ever slow the action down instead <laughs> of, you know. I just, uh, I, you know, I, I'm just suspect of the whole fucking story from the beginning. And again, that happens when you go to Thailand. You know, just because you're an American and you're somewhere else doesn't mean you're necessarily safe. And like, hey, you don't understand. I'm an American citizen. You're in fucking Thailand. <laughs> and you know, those fucking Thai police, you're lucky they don't just fucking put hash in your goddamn <laughs> backpack and say, oh, uh, we got to put you away for 500 years. Uh, here is um, 
Uh, let me go to Greg. Greg, you're on the Run of Fez show. What's up, buddies? Hey. So the, it's a dead man switch. When he uh, when he passes out, finally the hand uh, or the rope connected to his neck uh, is connected to his hand, and if he passes out completely, the hand falls and loosens the rope around his neck, so he's able to wake up uh, eventually. Eventually. At least that's supposed to be. I I never. Well, heard in this theory, before. I guess. Uh, this got sent to us from Tanya. Typical Fez. If sex is involved, brush it under the rug, quick. Uh, for you, this whole thing is more of an embarrassment than a potential murder. Yeah, with the um, the I've got everything tied up. I'm choking myself out to have a better orgasm. To me, that's a that's the embarrassing death. And to get found that way. Uh, here is uh, Dave. Dave, you're on the Ron and Fez show. What's going on, guys? Um, I saw a picture online. I don't know if you guys saw it. It's uh, apparently a reporter printed a picture of him uh, in a Bangkok newspaper. His hands are tied on the little coat rack bar above his head. I don't know if you guys have seen this, right. but how could his hands be tied behind his back? Yeah, it's up on uh, Opie's uh, Twitter page at so Opie Radio. So, yeah, the hands, the hands would be tied up over top of his head like this. So somebody tied his hands. Okay, so I didn't know where the hands were tied at. Well, what's the difference if it's over his head or behind his back? You're not exactly jerking yourself off from if your hands are tied. Um... Here's Scott. Scott, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, there was something from the very beginning that said that there was just one wrist, like singular. Like, they've always reported that one wrist was tied. And so everybody thought that that was the release mechanism for jacking off or whatever. But now you're saying that both of his hands are above his head tied? Uh, yeah, story, that's the picture said- I saw. So the first thing was for auto-asphyxiation. Uh-huh. Auto-asphyxiation. Uh was the initial thing that we heard about. Um, uh, by the way, they took down the Opie link. Yeah. And oddly enough, they also took down the Opie link to the French doors at F.H. Riley's, which right. I don't even understand. Yeah. I think he had every right to that. There could part have been... owner. Let him put the French doors up! There might have been more audio asphyxiation at F.H. Riley's, too, we, we, we've learned. Plus, oh, I doubt it. What's that, buddy? That was the funniest fucking thing I ever heard when you called them secret ninjas. You're on top of your game, buddy. You're on top of your game. Well, when I hear secret society of martial artists, I tend to think ninjas. Who knows what it is? Why would you just brush that off? If it was your brother, right, mm-hmm. would you brush it off? I would brush it off. Yeah, I would think, yeah, he died if jerking. If Trevor was killed, mm-hmm. you would not want to look into it. I would think the guy got uh, died jerking off, and I would leave it at that and hope that that story goes away. Even if his hands were tied? Yes. I would still think there was something embarrassing there, the and way, we let it go. By the way, uh, it's all happening. Um, we're in a radio war right now against Brother Weeze and Lily, and... Uh, she actually sent this to Dave's Twitter. It's Jiven, not Jiven, you fucking ginger. <laughs> Jiven? 
Yeah, that's what you wrote down. So uh, your Twitter is now uh, under attack. We're canceling uh, Franklin tomorrow with Melvin Van Peoples. That's done, Franklin. And we're uh, we're setting out to uh, put a movie opening across the street uh, from uh, Franklin's movie opening. We're yeah. going to we're going to hit him where it hurts. Good. We're going to hit him. Um, Maybe, Where it hurts. maybe we could show some of my Twittios. Chris, you're on the Run of Fed show. Really quick about this David Carradine thing. You know, he probably hired a hooker. She came in with him. She, he said, you know, here's 100 bucks. Tie me up. I'm going to jerk me off. And then while he was gurgling and doing this crazy shit, she freaked out, ran out of the room, and he probably choked to death. Maybe. Or maybe once she tied him up, her fucking pimp came in. They fucking ransacked the room, and they killed him. I don't fucking know. That's why we have cops. Uh, Adam in Arizona. Adam in Arizona, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, I want to know if uh, Fez is so self-involved that he doesn't want us to look into his murder when that happens. First of all, you'll have to look no further than Ronnie B. When I finally take down the shock jock. I'll be at the end of my days where I'm going, he just started to say things for no apparent reason. Uh, Dave, Dave, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Yeah, hey, me? I guess. Hey, hey, Ron. How's it going? Hey, Fez. Uh, what you hey, say, buddy? Uh, no, I was just going to say, like, I mean, he was a martial artist. It's not impossible. I can even, you know, with handcuffs on, step over, you know what I mean? Like, step over the handcuffs to get them behind my back. Like, if he was... Well, doing... these were over his head. Yeah, okay. But, I mean, like, over his head, way up behind his back, though? Or... But why would he do this? I don't know. He just wants to jerk off. Why would you set up... A crazy scenario where instead of getting the pleasure <laughs> of jerking yourself off, you kept yourself from touching your own body. Why not just sit there and jack off like a fucking gentleman? We don't, don't know what fuck, was... Sit on the porch, sit down in your chair, relax, forget all these fucking ball strings. Maybe this... the ninjas jerked them off. Um, here is, uh, Ben. Ben, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, hey, as far as this whole David Carradine thing goes, you know, it can't be murder. I mean, if he's got his hands tied above his head, he can lift himself up to take the pressure off his neck. So it's either these murders are some sick bastards that want him to die slowly or something fucking went wrong big time and he had to, you know, and, uh, somebody bolted out of there. Well, here's the deal. This is what the family's asking for. A fucking investigation. I don't think that's too much to ask. Keith yes, Carradine, sir. Robert Carradine, Revenge of the Nerds. These people, this family has given us so much entertainment. All we have to do is to look into the death here. Um, all right, there is the the picture of David Carradine. Uh, and you can see the way that his hands are tied. You would not be able to do that yourself. You've got to have some help for that. Yeah, yeah. The hands are, that's totally impossible. And again, this is not a jerk-off picture. Yes, it's this just a not torture. a place that you jerk off. Now, you know, some people are into that. You know, some people like to be treated that way, perhaps. You know, we did have a hooker for this. Um, but then where is she? Let me talk to her. Send me over to fucking Thailand. All I want is this. Give me 48 hours.
and $16,000. And I'll have either uh, the answer to this mystery or a fucking high and stories that will be legendary. Uh, Gary, you're on the Ron and Fez show. What's happening, boys? Hey, I got a question. Uh, we may be overlooking this, but uh, did the guy at least finish? That I don't know. Uh, I haven't heard any info on that. I would like to. That's one of the the important things I like the FBI to look into. Uh, Keith in New Jersey, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. One of the uh, tabloid Internet sites uh, said that his ex said he spent days planning his bondage uh, setup, cock auctions, whatever you want to call them. And they're saying it was possible that he could have tied himself up. Not a big deal. Now, um, tell me what his wife, what was his bondage gimmick? Well, she said, uh, I don't want to read it word for word, but basically he would spend days uh, coming up with these autoerotica concoctions, planning to construct elaborate devices. Who has this kind of time at age 73 (laughs) years old? And this knowledge of knots. (laughs) Maybe he was a sailor in a previous life. Um, well, any S&M work, you have to really be extremely good with nuts. And dedicated. Yeah. You really, none of the stuff for S&M uh, is any kind of normal nuts because you can cut off all kinds of blood flow or whatever. So, um, but who does that to do it with themselves? David Carradine, apparently. I'm thinking that maybe maybe Houdini, uh, his <laughs> his wife was in on this with the secret ninjas. Uh, Radio Shark, what is it? Hey Ron, you said Lily's got a cupcake. Yeah, I bet it's real sweet on the outside, but it's real bitter on the inside, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whose laugh was that? Lucci's. Where's Lucci been? We haven't seen her in a long, long time. She went off the deep end like the rest of them. Why do they all go so crazy? Uh, it's pal talk. There's, <laughs> it's like the happening of the internet. It just, Is pal talk dead now? Plants? I, I think it's struggling. It's waning. But I, don't, I, I wouldn't ever say it's dead. When Anthony and Fred from Brooklyn pulled out, uh, it seemed like it was really damaged. By the way, uh, this week I went on my sit down with Fred from Brooklyn. Okay. I said that I would meet him somewhere as soon as things uh, calm down around here. Fred from Brooklyn and I were once uh, best friends. Fez, you've been holding that paper for the last 16 minutes. I'd love to know what was on it. It's AshleyMadison.com. Every 60 seconds, a new woman joins AshleyMadison.com to have a discreet affair. That's every uh, 60 seconds. So if you're sexually frustrated at home or you're just looking for something more outside of your marriage, you can go to AshleyMadison.com to meet one of these women for the physical intimacy that you're not getting at at home. With over 1 million women, Ashley Madison is so confident you'll be successful using their service. They're offering an affair guarantee. That's a, If you don't have an affair to remember on AshleyMadison.com, they give you your money back, and that is no questions asked at AshleyMadison.com. Join Ashley Madison, and you can meet women looking for the exact same thing as you, something outside the marriage. It's 100% secure, free to join, and completely anonymous. AshleyMadison.com, a new woman joins every 60 seconds looking for a discreet affair. It could be with you, so sign up right now at AshleyMadison.com. 
That's AshleyMadison.com. Affairs guaranteed. Uh, hey, Miller, you're on Ron Fez. Hey, buddy. Uh, according to the website TMZ, they've seen a high-resolution version of this photograph. The man in the picture appears to be wearing fishnet stockings. Well, there is something yeah. uh, that we can see here that's uh, extremely dark. Yeah. At first, I heard that that was like leg discoloration from being dead so long. You know what's going to happen? They got, but why? Uh, it cuts off right his waist. Uh, Keith Carradine, his brother, whatever, as his lawyers, Mark Garagos, that fucking uh, publicity hound or whatever, they're going to be spinning this so much that they're going to. It doesn't matter what really happened. They're going to like they're the the the. the they're trying to convince already, put the spin on it, that it was, it was a murder. So even if it wasn't, like, it's going to be put across that way by, like, on the American side. Garagos is but, probably going to be on Larry King and all that shit. But, I mean, you, you know, you're calling this guy publicity hound. His fucking brother died. True. You True. know, it's, where are we? I understand everybody hates fucking, um, uh, you know, hates Hollywood. But when someone's brother just fucking died, even if they say something crazy, let them say it. Let them have the opportunity to say something nutty. Um, the radio war between me and Lily is uh, tearing us all apart. Uh, even Baby Girl says, Ronnie, you can't make people cho choose, well, choice between you and Lily. You both have different qualities that we all love. I'm going to tell you this, Baby Girl. Make a choice. Make a choice. That's what I'm asking. I'm asking for you to choose and to choose at this uh, second. Not only that, but what did Lily just call my man Eastside Dave? Ginger. Fucking ginger. A2, baby. Who would expect it out of her? Really? I, have you called Franklin and canceled Melvin? I texted him, yeah. Yeah. Saying since he's not picking a sign, I am. Fuck yeah, fuck Fuck Franklin. Fuck them all. This, you're getting yourself into the cupcake game against us? We invented that game. Why don't you ask Milton Bradley to sit down and play fucking Monopoly with you? Because that's exactly what you're doing right now. Do you see Ron trying to get into the Muslim game? Good, you man. know, like Lily is wait, into? Wait, Dave, I appreciate what you're doing, but your shirt's still on and you haven't slapped yourself yet. <laughs> I have to slap myself? But in the chest, in your bare chest. This is where we are. Come on, where's the fiery Dave that you okay, should be there for me? <laughs> All right, maybe that'll put a little fear in her. Do you hear Ron? Whatever happened to you, you used to, be, you used to freak out if I was attacked. I'm pissed off. And she doesn't understand. I've got a whole new weapon. Twitter. You understand, Lily? You're going down. Doesn't she And I'm going to go... Doesn't she have Twitter, too? I'm going to go another place right now, too. I'm going to ask Anthony to now choose between Baby Girl and me. Good. And then I'm going to ask Danny to choose between me and Anthony. Okay. That's I'm going to ask um, Sam, Sam to choose between Danny and Dan me. Danny and you. And then I'm going to choose oh, God. between Sam and Dave. Sam and Dave. All right. I hope and I'm that's made. how it's all. This is well. all because this Lily... Tried to rip me and Molly's off and come up with her own cupcake. A red velvet? Honey, we've had a red velvet since day one. Maybe you like to look over the Chicago newspapers, called it the number one cupcake 
uh, of all red velvets in Chicago. That doesn't mean anything to you? What, is the red velvet cupcake supposed to uh, symbolize Lily's period blood? Good huh? One. Good one, Dave. Is that what that's supposed to symbolize? Yeah. Hey, Maybe you Ron, should twit that. You know what that cupcake's missing? You know, here, here's what I'd like to say. What? A, a cherry for that big zit she had. Good one. Uh, here's what I like to say to Baby Girl with the whole, oh, do we have to um, choose with both of you getting along so good? Here's my choice. Franklin! 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 Baby Girl, I don't want you walking out in the middle of a, a war and trying to put little daisies inside. By the way, yeah, I want um, uh, Angel Fuck to choose between me and right. Baby Girl, okay, and then I'm going to choose between uh, Angel Fuck and Balzac. Oh boy, I already know who I I'm think. I, yeah, that one seems obvious. I know that doesn't. Yeah, the other ones were close. Mm-mm. Yeah, that one. Um, That's the choice I make. You know what happened? That person who uh, put their finger in the in the gun, the guy blown the fuck off. That just like you ate baby girl. That never happened. You're fucking gonna be nine fingers after look, this fucking look, I, radio no, war. Here's the thing. I want you to focus on Lily. That's the person yeah, we hate. Lily. And Fez, you're not in this at all. Bitch. You're sitting back and you're watching Dave roll with this. Oh, I'm in this. I am well, disgusted. Let's hear, let's hear some of the things. I'll tell you what. It's uh, it's cupcake thievery, is what it is. Come it's- on, stop, stop being intellectual. Be emotional. Oh, Lily, I could never stand her. I could never stand her. Wow, and that's this, weird because this is turned serious. Yeah, and this uh, <laughs> you really never liked her. Oh, I never liked her. I really didn't. I uh, there was just so much attitude there. Here's what gets me about the attitude: mm-hmm. that she sees nothing wrong in this whatsoever. That she could just go ahead. I'll do a <laughs> Lily cupcake. There is no <laughs> conscience. Oh, it's smoky in here. <laughs> What's in that smoke? It's a nature boy. Listen up. This is the nature boy. Woo! Well, apparently, Lily has hit for the trifecta. We had gypsy. We had tramps. And now we've got thieves. Way to go, Lily. You pulled it all off. You made the hat trick by trying to steal the cupcake idea. Lily, what happened? The brain freeze a little bit too much up there in Rochester? Living out the sticks to finally get to you? You think you can walk that cupcake off? You think you can come in here and start calling cupcake shots? Sorry, dear. It doesn't work that way. Learn your place. Go back to stealing chickens. Go back to the covered wagon. Go back to pushing your pop spaghetti sauce because you got no business being in this business. And by that, I mean either radio or cupcakes. Woo! Sure, you got your heart broken time and time again. There was Jivin. There was everybody else along the way. <laughs> Jonathan. It all lined up. And of course, whoo, I know you had your eyes on the nature boy. God help you, you're only human. Woo! <laughs> 
But now you've taken it too far. Red Velvet, I don't think so, sweetheart. You're not going to make it in the cupcake world. Why? Because we call the shots here. We're the ones who say what goes down. We're the ones who pick the ingredients. We're the ones that make sure everything is done to perfection. You're showing up with a couple of hostess Twinkies slapping your name on it and saying that's a cupcake. You got it wrong, bitch. You got it wrong big time. Woo! 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 So, Lily, do the right thing. Make sure you get out of town. Make sure you get out of the cupcake business. Do us all a favor, get out of radio. And you may not like it, but you better learn to what? Love it! Why? Because we are the badass Ron Bennington, the Hi. road dog Fesmeray. Woo! And Woo! I am, by God, the nature boy. And we are... The best thing going today! There you have it, Lily. And all Rochester radio was going to fall by the time we're done. Not just even your station. Even the easy listening stations out there. Hey, that's the end of my show. Donk. <laughs> It's Ron Fez. We're done. Hey! Opie and Anthony are up next on The Virus, XM202, Sirius 197. Prepare to be amazed.